0: Are you ready for the Low Blows Network? Every Wednesday on the Low Blows Network, the Low Blows team are at hand to break down, analyze, and make fun of all things pro wrestling. Hosted by former pro wrestler Rick Nash. I think the only reasonable thing we can do now is turn John Cena heel. Selfie with me fucking dog. banned from Nigeria. (laughs) I will be talking to the government tomorrow. (laughs) YouTube star corporate team. This elephant has four legs, Joe Russell's four legs, Joseph Stalin if he had two
1: more legs. Bonesaw rips off his shirt, yeah, and it says, Chuck your law, Big Dirty Troy
0: Corp. <laughs> and the queen of Irish West, Katie Harvey. I want one, so sorry. Just CM Punk? I'm so or... embarrassed. CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> it's No Blows! Bravo, <laughs> OnlyFans last week announced that it will be turning its back on the world of porn. Despite the fact that the only thing most of us know OnlyFans for is porn. The global company announced it would block sexually explicit content from October although it still allowed certain new content and in a bit of good news for us today uh, as we kicked off Low Blows only fans realised that it was Wednesday so they're going to just fuck with the plan that we have uh, and they've gone back on that so they will be allowing porn so like again I'm not going to moan too much really good news for the adult entertainers who obviously needed to pay their rent and whatnot. so we're happy but we'd already written the question so we're going to go with it anyway so as we get kicked off here on a very special bumper edition of Low Blows Rick Nash, Katie Harvey, Corporate Keen in the house as always Guys, what wrestling companies Turned their back on the thing that made them Famous to begin with? Corporate Keen, we'll start With yourself I know obviously you asked
1: this question with a certain Something in mind, so I'm just going to say it uh, They got rid of the weight limit off 205 Live Which ah, yes. for me completely defeats The purpose of the show Um it's died a very slow and painful death. Like when I first started, you see, like it was already flawed to begin with because you you people were crying out for a, a cruiserweight division. They wanted to see the belt back, wanted to see all the kill cool flippy wrestlers back. Um, but then when they brought it back, they sort of separated them from the rest of the of the of the shows. You know, like Raw, SmackDown, they had their own little segments. Remember they used to make the ropes purple? That was that was pretty exciting. <laughs> but it was uh, it was pretty stupid though, because I mean, like it, you know, separated them from the roster. And then what would happen is people be fighting over this belt that like on in the world the 205 live was a big deal but on in the grand scheme of things nobody cared about it it was always in the pre-show despite the fact that the wrestlers fighting for the for the belt would be really good um but over time it's just gotten worse and worse they moved the Cruiseway title to nxt which i actually do like that move but in doing so they took it off 205 live altogether meaning that nobody there on the show like nothing serves any sort of meaning or purpose you know what i mean it just sort of exists and uh that's that's that uh, <laughs> and um, it's got to a stage now where like there's no title everybody's fighting for no real reason it's the main event of NXT so fuck it let's put on wrestlers that aren't even 205 which for me is gas I haven't watched it I wonder what the commentators like did they just completely ignore like the premise of the show or, or <laughs> like, like how do they, they like mention oh yeah here's a, a heavyweight on, a, on 205 live I don't know maybe they changed the name a bit
0: 305 live or something I, wasn't, I haven't like I literally I haven't watched it in a long time I can't wait for the Samoa Joe era two oh five live. I think that's really gonna reinvigorate the brand, but uh, yeah, exciting times indeed. But yeah, no, that you nailed it. Yeah, they literally did turn their back. Katie, what do you think about uh, wrestling companies that turn their back on the thing that made them famous to begin with?
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on WWE here again mm-hmm. because I think I speak for everybody when I say I miss old NXT, I miss seeing Derek Bateman do obstacle courses, and <laughs> I miss seeing, you know, like <laughs> the mentors, and I miss everything that made it a little bit different, like if you're going to rebrand NXT, just change the name as well, you know what I mean, like it, don't, don't try cod me off that this is the same show, it's not the same show, it's not what I tuned in for, it's not what I want to see, I don't want to see another wrestling show, I want <laughs> to see like, I want to see like Maxine and Goldust have a wedding you know what I mean or, or it was Oksana and Goldust wasn't it yeah. yeah and like all the love triangles backstage and then randomly Dolph Ziggler would just be in a closet kissing someone it wasn't even on the show like I missed the chaos and so very disappointed that they decided to actually showcase open common wrestling, and um, and I want them to go back to their reality roots. Kate is I, the
1: only person who was disappointed when Walter Ilya happened. She was like, "That was shite. Where's the fucking Where's the fucking real obstacle courses? Like promos about mustaches. Michael McGillicuddy. Where's all this? I Michael always... McGillicuddy." <laughs>
0: I always forget that when the two of you talk about the good old days of NXT, you generally mean something very different to the rest of the world. But look, <laughs> I respect it. I respect it if nothing else. Guys, it's an absolutely huge week in professional wrestling. We'll take a look back on CM Punk's return. WWE SummerSlam that, for better or worse, was filled with talking points. We're going to hit on all of them. NXT TakeOver 36 and much, much more. But before we get started with the usual hijinks, Something we want to address So we've been covering The decline of OTT uh, Ireland's biggest Wrestling promotion In real time here On the show Over the past year Post speaking Out And it's continued down It's the only word I can use to describe it at this stage is Trumpy Pat this week because you remember of course pre 2020 when it was all very much the grab them by the pussy era where a lot of people partied Uh, then we had the COVID as a hoax era where instead of advising people uh, to drink bleach, their wrestlers protested wearing masks and licked Dublin bus poles. Now we seem to be firmly mired in the stop the vote era where the default response to everything is that criticism against them is a conspiracy or it's a vendetta Instead of just a reaction to their actions and valid criticism. Every week now, we're, we seem to be subjected to the constant persecution complex posts from talent involved trying to drum up sympathy that they somehow are the real victims of the post speaking out world as opposed to, you know, the actual victims of speaking out. Because people are upset with the company that they're plugging all over social media trying to sneak abusers back onto the card. The latest attempt to add the persecution complex to their roster's moveset was a post that their their roster rushed to all like accusing quote unquote anti-OTT people of hypocrisy for watching AEW and several talents partners or talents of uh, partners of talents or OTT staff followed up with attacks on the reams of people who instantly offered salient and detailed answers to this question. So let's take a minute to address it here also because it's something I would like to bring up in the spirit of being transparent Transparent and clear on this issue. First off, there's a myth gaining traction with these types that these "quote unquote" anti-OTT people have a vendetta. Let's take this show for example. As we've been very forthright with our own views on this over the past year, as we said at the start, this show features a former OTT women's champion. This show features a man who can be seen in the front row of almost every memorable OTT moment in corporate keen, and in me, it features a person who was in the front row of OTT's very first show. Go back on the on. The Demand, there I am. Our last show before COVID, the last low blows podcast we did before COVID and before lockdown kicked in, was a big Scrapper Mania preview. A show that Katie was booked on, and a show both Keen and I had tickets for that ended up being refunded to our huge disappointment. How, by any metric, is that a team of people who could be described as anti OTT? And you may say, well, Rick, <laughs> look, you've been pretty open a long time there. You haven't seen eye to eye with Joe bray And you know what? Yes, that's true. Like, I've had my ups and downs with them. I won't get into details, although like I could, but like I'm not going to get into them. OK, and I feel that, you know, if you're in my position, you may feel the same. However, what you may not realize here is that. I have always felt this way about the guy since pretty much the start of OTT. And that didn't hinder me from praising the company when I felt positive, positive about them too. So you can't turn around and say, well, the praise is all right. And that's valid. But like when you criticize them, it's a vendetta. You either have to take one or the other stance. Like at one point I brought someone on board at low blow specifically to go to OTT shows, get bits for our social media and review it on social media that on the shows that I couldn't go to. Even now, People seem to think that it's like we cover AEW, but we don't cover OTT. Someone from who works for OTT got on and accused us of this. We covered OTT and their comeback last week on the show, me and Katie spent 15 to 20 minutes talking about content that they released heading into the show. A few weeks ago, Corporate Keen even praised a Matthew Macklin video to my horror <laughs> on this show. Um, but you say we don't cover it. We literally are covering it like almost on a weekly basis. Secondly, there's another false notion here that we're just happy out with AEW while there are people with accusations against them on their show, which again is something we believe vocal about both on here and on Twitter. And to be fair, I want to give us credit and call this out here. Of all shows and podcasts, I can't think of one that is both dealt with speaking out as in-depth as we could without getting like specific, illegal, and tasteless and also as transparently as we could in having regular open editorial chats about our own comfort levels discussing accused people being on wrestling shows. We, disc- we have those kind of discussions regularly on the show. We add to this truer social media output, and I discussed on the Low Blows Twitter, AW handling of accusations openly and recently I spoke out about my own disappointment in how fans ignored one AEW talent getting accused because they're a wrestler that are currently seen as cool. I put up a whole thread about it and if you just want to ignore that and pretend that it's not there, that's fine but it's not true. So it's absolute bollocks to say that we just give them a pass. The best example to how I can feel and kind of sum it up and I've thought about this in a few days is how I felt about OTT personally say when Joe campaigned to vote no in the repeal vote or when Curtis Murray uh, was booked to win the opening match on a supposed all-woman show. And yet, in spite of those things, we continue to follow support and preview OTT on this show. There was a moral hesitance there that this was there are elements of this company we don't agree with, but you kind of weigh it up and you say, I don't agree with that. But also I guess it's their call to make. And it's not as if anyone was directly harmed by that match, even if I don't like the views or what that guy did. And hundreds of people made that same decision. And that's kind of where I am with AEW right now. There are elements that I'm a bit uncomfortable with, but on balance, and I'll explain that balance. um, I kind of see it as, all right, it's probably on balance for a better company. What's speaking out changed for me though with OTT, and I've covered this, so I won't get too in detail, but particularly with one case that I'm not going to get into. For me, it showed the cumulative damage of all of these separate incidents when you put them together and that formulates into a culture. How these attitudes and viewpoints contributed to decisions that were made or things that a blind eye was turned to and how good people who put their trust in the faulty infrastructure were harmed and are still being harmed to this day, by the way, as that faulty infrastructure is laid bare for all of us to see now on a daily basis in public on Twitter. As OTT makes statements one week only to go back on them the very next week. And that to me is the big difference with them and AEW. When Joe campaigned against women's bodily autonomy, if you ask me, could you see this man providing maybe an, un- an environment that may be like not as friendly to women as possible? I mean, just look at his political views. Like he's openly campaigning. Look what he's campaigning to vote against. Can I say the same about Tony Khan, though? Honestly, No, I I have no idea what Tony Khan's views on abortion and the stuff that he has put out is only makes me feel that he's a pretty supportive, open minded person. And maybe I'm wrong there. And maybe I'll feel differently down the line. I definitely look at the blind eye turned to accusations of specific performers as a big warning sign. But I can't yet say that there's a pattern there uh, that I see that specifically tells me this is a bad company as a whole to support. And the fact that they're a big company under a higher profile means they're under a bigger microscope and as a result have to be better by default. They can't just blacklist talent who make revelations that they don't like. They can't support far right conspiracy theories or they can't publicly use their position to try influence people to vote against women's rights small lawyer's independent promotion can do that. And you would argue that they have done in the past. And here's the thing. I've given OTT those chances before and they fail at every single step. We've gone through their bullshit statements from them point by point and pointed out the waffle behind each section. And they've still gone and done exactly what we warned you they would do by bringing back accused abusers and trying to sneak them onto the card under the radar. Nearly a year ago on this very show, I told you all they won't change because they don't care. They pretended they were going to change for a while. Now they've stopped even doing that because depressingly, they found enough people who agree with their views to sell out social distancing since Belfast shows so now they're just saying fuck it this is the way we're going so now the same wrestlers who were calling victims of speaking out brave a year ago are just ignoring those victims and they're liking the comeback announcement of their abuser pals retweeting posts about second chances when the abusers haven't even faced any punishment to begin with I want you to think about this like what punishment would an abuser who was on the next show have faced if they were announced for the next show they've missed two shows Two shows total is all they missed above everyone else in Irish wrestling. So they haven't actually like served any kind of punishment to be able to get a second chance to begin with. And to me, this is all the DNA of who OTT is in 2021. The stuff I'm saying here is true. It happened. Check their social media and don't forget to stop by their likes if you don't believe me. And that's not the case with AEW, not yet at least. Though yes, there have been some worrying red flags. And if it does turn out that they're the exact same, then they'll get the exact same treatment from me. I guarantee you that. Um, Corporate Keen, have you went? You want to kind of add on this? Yeah, I, like
1: obviously, I thought about that a lot. Like that kind of question with—is um, there a difference between AEW and OTT? I'll, I'll like—I'll start by saying where I, where I'm at with Irish wrestling, because I don't want this to come across as kind of like a, a you know a big pro OTT stance um so obviously like the promoter has neglected his responsibilities that's just how i feel from from what i see um he said look here's your badly written code of conduct here's your irish safety board here's and ah, No fuck off and then once it came to him actually happened to make a tough decision and turn away somebody who who i feel and who a lot of other fans feel shouldn't be a part of irish wrestling he couldn't do it he couldn't make the big decision and because he wasn't responsible enough to make that decision, the responsibility has then seeped down to the wrestlers. So now it's the wrestlers' job to be responsible. And I, unlike, I know, I've i seen a lot of people ripping into the wrestlers. I do feel a degree of sympathy, particularly towards the younger wrestlers, because the right thing for them to do, the way I see it, is to basically pull out of shows where they are being put on next to, that, where they have to work alongside somebody with allegations. I think the right thing to do is band together and pull out. And, and you know, Phil has talked about it before when he got put on the on the same show as a Scottish person. You know what I mean? That was uh <laughs> he but he made it, you know that that's that's the reality. I mean you have to sort of pull out with these shows because without the wrestlers the shows can't happen. It's unfortunately it's the only way these shows can be it's the only way these scenes can be kind of policed if the promoter isn't willing to make the big decisions, which as we've seen like he's not. Um but then I look at what the wrestlers are doing. So far nobody's pulled out of the show. And also as as you say, I mean yeah uh, you know, the, the lad with allegations out here tweeting, you know, he's coming back and all that. And I'll check the likes and everybody seems to be welcoming him back with open arms. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, that's so uh, safe to say. I think look, it's, it's unfortunate the wrestlers shouldn't have this responsibility on their shoulders, but they do. And they've neglected their responsibility as well. So it seeps down even further. We've gone from promoter down to wrestlers. Now we're down to fans. And I'm looking at, right, well, what do the fans think at least? You know what I mean? And you go on Twitter, you'll see a mix. Um, but I see, unfor- like, unfortunately, I see more than enough fans who say um, not, not only, it's like, not only do they not care about abuse victims, but it's also they don't understand that they don't care about abuse victims. They are just, like, I don't even know where to start with some of the shit I've read over the last week. But, like, I went to Banksy, tweet about it, and I was kind of like, John, there's no point. Because it's almost, the way I feel about Irish now, I, I almost feel like I'm not welcome in it. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm not allowed to be a part of it because... Like, I look at what OTT are doing, and it's like... Like... I, I, it's hard to put into words. It's just sort of like... Uh, because I don't feel right supporting a promotion that brings back somebody who clearly... Like, it's black and white. He shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? And because I feel that way, because I dare to, like, question OTT, it's like, you know, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm anti-OTT. I'm an OTT hater. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, just block and move on. You know what I mean? Um, so... So that's where I'm at with Irish stressing. I don't. I'm not really not really into it right now. It's kind of. I feel a bit off, off put by by how the last week's kind of been. Um. But to answer the question, the difference between AEW and OTT. So this again, the, the reason I've stated that so I don't want this to come across as a pro OTT stance. Personally, I don't really see a huge difference between AEW and OTT, except for one, and I'll get to that later, right? But at the minute, like on paper between the two companies, I don't think one can really take a moral high ground over the other because I look at AEW and I've seen people say, "Oh, look, they fired Jimmy Havoc." It's like. Yeah, that's easy like jimmy havoc was he was disposable you know what i mean if jimmy, if jimmy havoc was still there he'd be probably where like you know the, where the, sort of the, the AEW dark crowd are you know what i mean not not really a significant part of the show it is what it is they got rid of him they dealt with the sammy guevara situation right i felt but then like when it came to making the big decisions you know what i mean when it came to again like when they when they when they had to encounter their first actual roadblock like you look at darby allen that's one of their best wrestlers that's one of their biggest stars if he disappeared like off the show you'd know and um, I mean, he's, he's wrestling CM Punk. You know what I mean? In and, and CM Punk's return match, it doesn't get bigger than that. Um, and I look at that, and I'm kind of like, I don't trust AEW at all, to be honest. I, 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 if I'm just being honest, like I, I know you said certain points there. I kind of feel a, a little bit differently with some of them. Like when you say about um, you don't know how Tony can vote in the abortion. That that's fair. But like I don't, I, like I've no reason to believe that he would have voted yes any more than no if you get what I'm trying to say because I look at what he's you know he's booking alleged, you know booking people with allegations he neglected his women's division for a long time as well up until recently so I see similar patterns to how it's being done in OTT so I don't trust AEW um Mm. I also feel as though with AEW being the size that they are that they are I would argue they could actually it's it's kind of I would argue almost the opposite. I feel like because they're the biggest company, they can actually do what they want and get away with it. Because if you look at WWE putting on shows in Saudi Arabia, you know, releasing all the wrestlers during a pandemic, despite getting record-setting profits that year, and all these things that rub a lot of people the wrong way, and it's it's bad PR, you know what I mean? But they still get away with it. People who still watch WWE, nobody's going to turn away from it. AEW is up there to the point where they're competing with WWE, except they're good, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, their show is good. So the way that I see it is that, like, I don't trust AEW because I believe that they can do whatever they want. And I actually think they can get away with it personally, but there is one slight difference, right? And this is the, for me, this is the difference between OTT and AEW, right? Um, when I look it, it's, it, fan pressure is, is pretty much what I'm basically saying. Um, if you look at anybody, right, if you support your local independent wrestling promotion, you as an individual, are a larger percentage of that promotion's fan base than you are of AEWs or WWEs by a significant margin. And, you know, if if, if there's a large group you that think alike, you know what I mean? You've got friends who feel the same way. So that, the percentage starts to grow, you know what I mean? There is an, it's it's a chunk. It's a chunk of the fan base. And the difference between OTT and AEW is that if, if I, like... If I turn around tomorrow and I say AEW don't book Darby Allen I I don't feel comfortable with him on your shows I'd rather somebody else in that position nobody's going to see it Tony Khan's are going to see it AEW aren't going to see it OTT whether they respond to you or whether they choose to ignore you the reality is they see absolutely every single thing that you say that's I mean you know Joe checks Twitter he sees it like and evidence of this evidence of this is how they announced this person's return they didn't they didn't did they put him on a poster no did they put up a match graphic no did they put it on Twitter no they snuck them onto the Eventbrite event page where all the lists of names are and then a little small print, you know what I mean, on the slide. So they could technically say, oh, well, we announced them. You know what I mean? But clearly they knew it was wrong. They knew they were hoping that nobody would fucking find out. And because I'd imagine their thought process was none of the speaking out fucking nerds are going to buy a ticket, so they're not going to see it. And if hey, Facebook fans who are buying a ticket, aren't going to care. But obviously somebody checked it. It went on Twitter. They got a lot of backlash for it. And um, the way that I see it is that you could if you're lucky, you get a situation where enough fans go against OTT and it kind of, they're not gonna do the right thing for moral reasons, but maybe for business reasons, you might force them into doing the right thing. Um, An example of this would have been when obviously Bram got booked, you know, uh, a few years ago, it, it caused a shitstorm on Twitter that OTT had never seen before. They were not familiar with it. It kind of spooked them and they, they pulled them from the, from the show and nobody had to go and see him then um i'd also look at uh, icw no holds barred these are uh this is a promotion in new york it's quite irrelevant india new york I'd, i'm guessing it would be kind of the new york equivalent of ott um but I, my twitter was blown up yesterday because they booked somebody who they shouldn't have booked and they they did a big video package for him a big oh he's gonna be he's, he's resting uh you know on a, in a big match you know marquee match and it got shot on it got absolutely royally fucking shot on by absolutely everyone they're like what are you fucking doing and after, and, and they did the same shit that OTT did. We're like, oh, we investigated it. You know, we did this, we did that. But in the end, they were like, oh, uh, okay, we hear you. We pulled them from the show. And all right, yeah, it's still, you still look at them and you're like, yeah, you tried, that's, that's, you're still disgusting. You still try to put them on the show. But at the end of the day, it's still a show without somebody on it that, you know, you, you don't want on it. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's still a step in the right direction. I feel like when it comes to smaller indie promotions, I feel like you have that power kind of, um, like, when I saw a load of tweets, you know, last Friday or whatever day it was, I noticed one of our own Lowe's buds, uh, Liam, I think it was, tweeted, you know, if you something like, if you want to stamp out abuse in wrestling, it starts at home. And I kind of agree with that. I feel a degree of responsibility towards my own wrestling scene as yeah. one of the few that are kind of a part of it. It's a community. We all know each other. Like, we know the people involved. It's not like celebrities. We're not talking about John Cena here, you know what I mean? Um, and the way that I view it is... Look, if you if you're somebody who wants to watch OTT, right? Let's just say, you know, time has gone by. Nothing's changed. Not enough fans give a shit. The wrestlers don't give a shit. The promoter doesn't give a shit. They still have a monopoly over Irish wrestling. They're the only major promotion here. Live wrestling's a big part of your life. You don't really know where to go without it. I understand. I understand somebody who would who would go to OTT let's say the state like this I'm being realistic right if, if they have a national stadium show and they book someone who I've wanted to see my entire life I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right but Eric Brown, <laughs> you know what I mean or something like that but you know what I mean like somebody off the that I've wanted to see CM someone. Punk is now on the market all that stuff go. yeah yeah, yeah, C- yeah they're doing a meet and greet with CM Punk for 40 euro all you have to do is buy a ticket and you get to meet your you know your hero in the national stadium and you get to watch him wrestle live I you know I, do you think I'm going to go and attack somebody for going to that show I understand yeah. people who do I understand people who say look you've got a responsibility here You're shouldn't be fun of them but my stance is if you're going to the show just to watch it i understand i personally i don't i don't feel that same level of anger i feel like as long as you un- as long as you've assessed the situation appropriately you understand the situation that you're in and you're deciding to go ahead with it anyway you know at least as long as you're educated that's that's my kind of big issue um i was going to make a point about financially supporting ott but then i realized like because here's the thing right if you want to watch ott or attend a show you're you're giving them money whereas i've been watching aew since 2019 i haven't given them a cent so that initially what <laughs> <you> tell them they're <laughs> gonna <trying to laughs> shut down me fight tv account for <laughs> <my sake. laughs> But i look at that and i'm like you know oh uh, is that a point but it's not really because look if aew released a game i'd buy it if aew did a show in dublin i'd attend and i wouldn't even think twice about it and nobody else would think twice about it either we'd all go um so I, so I think it'd be a bit rich for me to turn around and start ripping into people for going to OTT, that alone. But what I would say is this, though. I have a big fucking issue with people defending OTT as if it's a personal attack against them. Like, oh, how dare somebody criticize my beloved wrestling company? Why don't you want your company to be better? You know what I mean? Why don't you want your local promotion to be a safe place? Why are you so against that? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what pisses me off. Because it's like, I'm... I, really want OTT to be a safe place you know what I mean do you know how much I miss going to live wrestling shows but I can't go to these fucking Belfast shows it doesn't feel right particularly when this, when this is the direction they're heading in you know what I mean it just feels so off like whenever I've been I've been on Twitter looking at what everybody's saying about OTT it almost feels like a fucking like North Korean propaganda project you know what I mean where the wrestlers go to these shows and are like this is excellent OTT is back and I'm like how is OTT back when I left when, when, when I was last at an OTT event we were all buzzing because there was going to be a 2200 seater filled out show with the best wrestlers in the world all doing their thing right this is now you're now doing you know fairly average shows in front of 150 people in Belfast while the fans go this was amazing this was amazing I cannot wait for the next OTT it's like Why do you have to be like this? Why can't you just fucking say, look, I would I would also look forward to the next OTT, but preferably if they book nobody with allegations. You know that kind of way? Like I didn't actually rip into anybody for going to the first two OTTs. You know that kind of way? Like I was like, look, the vibe is very fucking off. Let's be honest, it is. It feels very weird and uncomfortable. But if you want to go, do what you want to do. I'm not going to be, you know, policing your life and whatever, whatever. But if you're going to take the fucking social media and, and act as if this is not a bad thing to do and that this is great, you know what I mean? No, I think the entire wrestling industry as a whole, for me, it, it it's it's pretty scummy. It's pretty dark. A lot of changes need to be made. I just feel like we the only, the only area that we've got any even slight bit of control over, and it is only a slight bit, is our own scene. I just that's just what I feel. So I feel like if you just I would just say at least think about trying to improve it. You know what I mean? At least think about do you really do you need to see that wrestler? You know what I mean? Like can you not like? I don't know. I just think like. Just stop stop blindly following it. If you want to go, go, but just at least fucking educate
0: yourself on the situation is, is pretty much what I think. Excellent point, as always. Katie, is there anything you want to add to this?
2: Yeah, and I hope it all comes out coherently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's seven seven sens- months
0: pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: it, and it's a sensitive subject. A and lot. it's not one I, I talk about often. And I've talked to you guys what that is off air. Um, and it's because like I would have a lot more skin in the game in terms of I have a duty of care to a lot of the people involved in Irish wrestling. Um, And I'm generally working on a different information level to a lot of other people. And so I I try not to talk about it too much because I would never forgive myself if I said something that shouldn't be out there. You know what I mean? Or that somebody has told me in confidence or that it's an ongoing situation being dealt with. So that is generally why I don't really speak out much about it anymore. And so I suppose for me, I'm going to talk about it in a more general sense um and for me it kind of touches on a lot of what keen said as well just about like for me for me i i understand the anger i understand the restlessness i understand the hopelessness i understand both sides i under, i understand a lot of what's going on but the thing that upsets me about what's happening in the scene and this goes for wrestlers fans promoters everything is everybody is becoming so militant in their stance i feel like we're actually driving further away from solutions and being able to fix the scene than being able to communicate with each other to fix the scene. Because as I said, like I understand everything when a fan, when a fan messages me and says, I'm so frustrated because I've messaged X, Y, and Z and nobody is replying to me. I feel that sense of hopelessness. You know what I mean? I understand you're pissed off because you're trying to express a point of view. It's not getting answered. So the easiest thing is to go on Twitter and, you know what i mean i completely understand that i understand when a wrestler comes to me and says i just put up a match graphic and now i have people in my dms telling me to kill myself you know what i mean that's not cool either that's 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 two sets of extremes that don't need to be happening and what's going to happen is you will never create a bridge between those sets of people to create any kind of change in irish wrestling so it's just it's just a level of frustration i'm feeling where the more and more these different groups attack each other i just i don't see a way out of it you know and it's 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 so it's so hard to deal with because i agree with like pretty much everything both of you are saying but it's i i don't see a way out of it the way the way people are currently like attacking each other and currently like you know expressing their feelings and but there's there's kind of no good recommendation when you're constantly hitting walls trying to create change. You know what I mean? Whether it's whether it's whether it's lobbying promotions for 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 what you think is right and safe, or or whether it's me on a promoter level trying to get like um trying to get in touch with government agencies who actually will give us the power to create safeguards and 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 you know, national government bodies and all the rest, like Kane touched on the board that was created. I'll be I'll be flat out honest. Have not had anything to do with that for three months because at the end of the day we can't police ourselves that's it's it's the bottom line it's something we had to try to see if it could work for me it didn't work i've the only thing i focus on right now is Five factory because again kind of what Cian said it's 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 about it's about it's personal responsibility for me at this stage with ticks and irish wrestling what can i personally be responsible for and right now that's Five factory I will always answer a DM. I was all I will always answer an email. I won't answer a subtweet because for me, that's not a good bridge of communication. Um, but again, when you've got different groups, different promotions, different people operating on different levels and, and just, you know, some people are putting up walls and then some people aren't communicating, it is very, very difficult to create change. Um and it's just, it's just, it's just frustrating. That's all I could say about mm-hmm. the situation. Is it's just frustrating, and it's very hard to see a way out of it. And um, but, but I, I do think the, I do think the personal attacks need to stop. I think the, the, the vicious DMs. Like I, I genuinely have had wrestlers come to me that have received DMs telling them they should kill themselves and stuff over this. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and I'm sure a fan could turn around and tell me the same story. That you know, like. It, it, this has caused them like mental stress and mental anguish because if this is such a big part of all of our lives for so long you know what I mean and when you have something like that ripped away from you and you feel like you can no longer trust it and no longer be involved and you feel ashamed to be involved in the industry whether it's as a fan or a wrestler like that's devastating you know what I mean I have struggled with that for the last year myself where it's like you're embarrassed to be involved in running wrestling but then things will improve slightly, but then something will happen. And all of a sudden you're embarrassed and ashamed again. And it's just this awful cycle of emotions. And I'm sure every single person who loves Irish wrestling is going through it. As I said, from a fan promoter, from a wrestler level, and it's just, I'm not sure what the solution is yet. I just, I just know it's not in the personal attacks and I know it's, it's, it's not in the militantism. I, that's not a word, but you know what I mean? It's Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, there just has to be a better way. There has to be a better way to fix it. I do believe Irish wrestling can be fixed. There just has to be a better way to do it, and and it, it needs to be across the board. It can't be it can't be rogue promotions doing what they want, and it can't be rogue wrestlers, you know, not taking personal responsibility. It can't be fans taking it upon themselves to like abuse people to the hilt till they just like wrestlers decide that they can't do this anymore and they walk away. You know what I mean? Cause let's keep in mind a lot of wrestlers in Irish wrestling are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. And again, I think Keen mentioned it. They don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand what they're dealing with. Yeah. When I was 22, could I have handled anything like this? Jesus. Absolutely fucking not, especially with social media thrown in the mix. So not that I think people should be forgiven or cut slack or whatever, but I again, there needs to be understanding. You know what I mean? You're a fucking idiot when you're 22. I know I was. So it's like, yeah. I Again, I don't know if any of that was coherent, but it's just, I want to just express yeah. my frustration with the situation.
0: <laughs> it, it very much was. Don't worry. I, I, think, I think the one word that kind of, and, and again, this isn't to kind of, you know, surmise your opinion. This is again, back to my own take, which doesn't represent anyone else's. For me what I'm what I'm hearing there is we need leadership. We need someone who can come in and manage all of this and and lead the way but also like I feel that we have people within the scene that are capable of doing so. Someone, One of them may have just been speaking for the past three, four minutes, but like, also those people need support and need to be like, right, we trust you and we no longer trust you because again, now maybe the current leaders for me are acting in their own self-interest rather than actually being able to manage and lead in a, in a situation like this. And that's why it's delving into chaos. That's why the fans are attacking the wrestlers. There is harmony that can be done here, but we Need the right leadership, and that's just for me. And we don't have that right now. We we don't. There, there's no way you can say that this is a well-led situation by someone who has taken everyone's opinions into account. No, it, it's not, and 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 that's it for me. And I don't and I'm not trying to personally attack someone, it's just it's it's blatant for all to see. Like if we're being honest with ourselves, anyway, look. It's been a great week to be a wrestling fan. Let's not remember that we like this and this is our hobby and we do it to enjoy it. And let's focus on the stuff that we did enjoy this week. First, we're going to get kicked off with the news as we always do because ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Queen versus King. Queen versus because my two co-hosts are good friends but they are even better enemies so what we do to discuss the main stories of the week is we put, pick the top five news stories of the week, we put 30 seconds on the clock and we award points for Punditry, uh, what we've been doing as the year has gone on is we have collected, uh, kept score of the points uh, that have gone on Katie raced out into a lead a few weeks ago, Corporate Keen pulled her back uh, and is now leading 14-13 um, Keen last week took us ball and went home, obviously we discussed Uh, How he wasn't happy at losing SmackDown and gaining Raw. But you're back here to defend your lead and you're going first, Keen. Um, So we will get started now. Question one. um, Let's start with Nick Khan answered speculation that a lot of the weird transactions in WWE uh, indicated that they're for sale, saying in an interview with Ariel Helwani that they're open for business and listening to offers, if not actively pursuing a sale. Do you think this time, 10 years from now, the McMahons will still own WWE? No, I, I think Vince McMahon will
1: be dead I don't think he's, Shane's going to get it I don't think Stephanie's going to get it I certainly don't think Triple H is going to get it um, I think over time more shares will be bought by the public And it'll overtake their majority share And then eventually it'll be owned by some random stockholder Called Kyle it, from <laughs> Maine Who wears polo shirts and plays golf on Sunday Um, That's what I predict Fair
0: enough Katie Harvey, do you think the McMahons are going to own WWE in 10 years?
2: I think they are. I think they are using this as a mysterious smoke screen to cover up some maybe um, controversial and dodgy and not well thought through decisions. <laughs> I think they, they released a few people and then went, oh, fuck, what have we done? Uh, 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 quick, let people know that there might possibly be a plan, but there's not really a plan. But we'll let people <laughs> think that there's an ulterior plan to all this. And then we'll, you know, we just won't mention it again in six months. And uh, I know this because this is what all businesses do.
0: Okay, I like the the conspiracy theory side Katie going straight for the most conspiracy theory possible I'm going to give the point to Katie for that one Question 2, Roman Reigns performed an extraordinary drive by on CM Punk in an interview with also Ariel Helwani, Helwani is just owning our news section, he is dominating the world of wrestling news in his first week on the job uh, leading into SummerSlam as as Reigns described Punk as someone who wasn't as good as he thought he was is that a fair comment or is Roman feeling the pressure uh, of AEW now that Punk has returned? Katie
2: (laughs) I'd never heard this but like (laughs) I love Roman Reigns and he's
0: spot on you know
2: what I mean like (laughs) I feel like he plucked this thought out of my head like look I appreciate CM Punk's return I know it was a great moment I stayed up and watched it I enjoyed it but at the end of the day he he wasn't even the greatest wrestler on the roster never mind the greatest wrestler (laughs) in the world at that time so it's like yeah look he it's great he's back in wrestling but let's not pretend that, that, that he's he's Daniel Bryan or he's, or he's anyone like even close to that level.
0: A brave, spicy, hot take on the week that's in it. Corporate
1: Keen, what have you got? Okay, Roman, Roman Reigns is fucking snapping. Roman Reigns is raging. I'd say all WWE lads are raging. The best moment, one of the best moments in wrestling history just happened last Friday on AEW. And everyone's buzzing. The, buzzing. the world is buzzing. The world is watching. Adult wrestling fans are excited about wrestling again. And they're all in the wrong company. I'd say they are snapping. They're jealous. Roman Reigns is jealous. And the comment was shite. And it was inaccurate as well. Roman Reigns, or CM Punk was the best. And he was the best on Raw. Best in the world at the time. So, no. John Nolan summed it up in the
0: chat and said, Best way to fight a pipe bomb, a bigger, rougher pipe bomb. Well done, there, Keen. Point to you. <laughs> uh, moving on. Question three. Uh, Dave Meltzer is reporting that, well, Penn hasn't been put the paper yet. The former Bray Wyatt is on the verge of signing for AEW. Obviously, we discussed this a few weeks back, uh, but now with Punk sign and Brian Danielson likely on the horizon too, and with a bit of perspective behind us, is there room for Bray in AEW, Kane?
1: yes i think there absolutely is mainly because of the unexclusive nature of their contracts because i think bray wyatt well he shouldn't be a world champion necessarily in AEW. he should be presented as larger than life and i think the way to do that is by having him go from promotion to promotion to promotion on all these different shows and create the next massive faction in wrestling it's a cult the next big cult in wrestling led by bray wyatt where he has his disciples and all these different promotions and he shows about nowhere and then AEW is kind of like the bread and butter of it you know what i mean and and by the end of it all he has Got literally the whole wrestling world in his hands. I didn't mean, have be so <gasps> cool.
0: Oh, Katie, this is a tough one. What have <laughs> we got? <laughs>
2: So he needs to sign for AEW because when CM Punk eventually and inevitably fizzles out in about six weeks and people don't find him interesting anymore, there needs to be another big star to step into the shoes and to, to get people's attention and, to, you know, fill those main event slots with the quality that AEW deserves, that the quality they've been set up to believe they're gaining from CM Punk. And um, so he needs to sign with AEW just just for, for, the, for the long game down the road.
0: Katie, I do admire the balls coming out, <laughs> like attacking, attacking CM Punk twice already into the podcast. We haven't even addressed it, uh, but I'm going to give the point to Keane here because like you just captured my imagination. A multi wrestling promotion, stable. The whole world is amazing stuff. Corporate Keen, you're leading 2-1. Uh, question four. Uh, let's discuss uh, Becky Lynch, of course, who came back um, and, and we'll talk about that moment shortly, but reportedly she was brought Back to go on a Roman Reigns style heel turn by her own request. We're not going to talk about the moment now. What I want to talk about is do you see fans booing Becky considering her biggest face run came, remember, from the last time she tried to turn heel at SummerSlam? Do you think fans are going to boo, Katie?
2: No, I think fans are going to cheer. And here's why, right? Because people got really excited about CM Punk on Friday. But then they realized that Becky coming back was actually better than CM Punk returning. And they're so excited that they're just going to cheer her every time she comes out. Just to make it known that this is... The, the better return to
0: wrestling this weekend. <laughs> Keane, what have you
1: got? I don't think Becky Lynch is above being booed at all. Uh, she got cheered ruthlessly because she was paired with Charlotte and Charlotte was never going to be the face over Becky. Whereas with Bianca Belair, a lot of people are already very pissed at how that went down. So I can absolutely see Becky getting booed 100%. And also she'd be an excellent heel.
0: I think she'd, she'd know what buttons to press. I I think she'll get booed. Okay, interesting Katie, like for sheer persistence I'm going to give you the point there The third time Doing a drive-by at CM Punk For no reason So you're just (laughs) Persistent pays off here On Creed versus Keen Which sends us in To question five And our decider WWE have announced That the New Year's Day pay-per-view The President Nick Khan spoke of In his interview with Once again Ariel Helwani Will be named WWE Day One But what other holiday Or special occasions Would you like to see A big wrestling show Held on, Keen?
1: Oh, I think it's fucking insane How you have not Got this at any point ever in the history of wrestling? Considering it's probably the most in-demand show, I've, like that hasn't happened yet. Um, the Battle of Bridget's Day, the first of February, <laughs> everybody would be fucking buzzing for that. Imagine all the crosses! I'd say that the the main event like would end; it'd be a no DQ, and somebody used a cross, Bridget's cross <laughs> as a weapon, like a, a tomahawk or one of them, just fucked out the person's head. I, I think it'd be deadly. And and obviously it's Bridget's Day, so everybody would want to do something special for it. They'd go to the wrestling; <laughs> I, it'd be perfect.
0: Battle of Bridget's Day, what you got, Katie?
2: I want them to celebrate New Year's Day, but they're absolutely missing a trick not having the new day is big, new day, New Year's Day uh, Eve celebration, New Year's Day celebration.
1: Can you give me the point now, please?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the more you said the word new, the less likely you were to get the point. It was literally listening to someone talking the way out of a corporate King, Congratulations, you've won the week. <laughs> the Prince, the dead. I Bridget's... just felt my fucking water myself laughing. Fuck's sake. <laughs> new, day, new,
1: new days, new year. <laughs>
2: the fact I made you laugh mean and I entertained you means I should get the point
1: I no no why it's locked argue. in it's
0: locked in too late you, know <laughs> what? If you if you'd managed to somehow turn it into a drive-by against CM Punk you might have been in there but, uh, <laughs> but you bottled it at the last minute you gave up at the last minute so Corporate Keen wins that one anyway guys let's talk about the in-ring there's so much to get there so let's not waste any more time because it's time for Say something stupid. Stupid worst moments of the week in at number six this week. Let's talk about NXT UK. This is such a small city thing, right?
2: But it made me laugh so much on Twitter. So basically, there's this wrestler called Nathan Frazier on NXT UK, and um, he posted a match graphic of him versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. Right? It was clearly a fan made graphic, but like he tweeted it as if he was real. I know, no, he's real. He tweeted it as if the match was real. Like, it wasn't like, you know, like when people do these match graphics and then like the wrestler might retweet it and be like, cool fan art, you know? <laughs> he, he downloaded the picture, embedded it in his own tweet and then hashtagged it SummerSlam and posted it <laughs> because I was kind of scrolled through and I was like, Nathan Fraser versus Daniel Bryan? Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I'm just like, it's a little bit jobbery to be reposting fan art as you know actual match graphics like without any kind of joke or smart remark or be like oh look at this cool fan art that someone definitely not me on canva made you know to put on twitter (laughs) 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 and i was just like oh lad you know what i mean like you have an actual match this week on nxt uk and you're 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 sharing like microsoft paint match graphics and um, you know to will this into the universe hashtag summer slam i just i just thought it was a bit cringy and a bit jobbery and i i just i don't like when i see stuff like that you know
0: it's not ideal for, like, a WWE branded company. It's not great. No. Um, in a number five, so I watched the first episode of Stephen Amell's new prestige wrestling drama, Heels, the debut on Stars last week. Uh, the second episode with CM Punk is out now if anyone wants to go looking for it. Uh, it is attracting a bit of buzz. And As soon as you tune in, you can't help but notice that there's a fair bit of money behind the show. It looks expensive, and it has some familiar faces, like, not even just from wrestling, from Hollywood as well. They've got male obviously, who's coming off front in his own Marvel series, and you've got... Kevin from the hunger games across and playing his brother slash rival plus you've got chris bauer who is that guy from that th- that thing he is the goat of that Uh you can see in it that it's a passion project for a male and a lot of love has gone into it so i feel really bad to say this but it's fucking cringe lads it's bad I'm sure there will be people who hate me saying this because they really want it to be good and maybe maybe like they, they do enjoy it I don't want to take it away from them if they do uh, but maybe they have that shame about being a wrestling fan too and desperately need there to be a show like this so they can point to their friends and say look the thing I like is valid or maybe they see themselves in it so they're root for it which is fair enough but try as you might you cannot convince me that the first episode was a good episode of television for a start what I forgets is that we're living in a world where GLOW has happened on Netflix and the thing that GLOW had, that Heels misses out on completely and criminally is that it appreciated that wrestling is silly, kind of ridiculous and farcical, but it's fun and if you embrace the craziness everyone can find something to like in it whether you like wrestling or not, which is why GLOW was popular even outside wrestling fans Heels is not a fun show it's going for a gritty The Wrestler vibe, and again you can tell that it's made with love, but it's bad because it's like hearing someone trying to sell someone on wrestling and picking the wrong storyline like where they should have said two lads kicked each other in the face at the same time they instead try and explain the history of the undisputed era and the intricacies of Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole's feud and you can just see the other person's eyes glaze over whereas they just didn't when it came to glow the last issue for me is that for expensive and as much of a passion project as this is it somehow still misses the authenticity mark and I think this is down to Amel's gateway into wrestling being Cody, someone who, for whatever you say about him, he didn't come up through the system like the, the old school independent way. He came in and got a, an entrance into the back door because of his father's name. And he kind of even got a red carpet run when he went on to the Indies before effectively getting to launch his own company and getting a, a, a huge contract as well. And if that's your access point for stories and the story you're trying to tell of his, is, is of a small indie trying to survive, that'd explain how it got the main story. I'm completely wrong because the story it's telling in the episode just doesn't happen in wrestling. And Mel and his brother are rivals on screen getting ready to square off in like a big main event for the belt, except that his brother is about to get signed by the equivalent of WWE in the show, and he's and his brother is insisting that he should win his win the belt on his on the way out. Like, if you had to match imagine a story for a bit of tension for a show, I'd see how you got there, but in reality, it really doesn't happen. In the indies, Katie, you notice. Know everyone is working for a contract and you drop all of your belts on the way out. So if you have sacrificed this show being fun or entertaining for gritty realism, it's pretty important that you stick to landing with a realistic storyline. They don't. And as such, Heels launches into an expensive passion project that actually has nothing to offer. I may watch the second episode and give it another chance. I may not. Well, please, nobody try tell me it was good. There were bits that the most criminal part, though, for me of it was where they just started... Like launching into exposition where it's like, oh, yeah, we're keeping kayfabe. And then, like, one of the partners goes, kayfabe golly gosh what is that and then they're like fabe, is when you are protecting the business and doing this and do that and they're just like they're having those cheesy like expositional kind of monologues where you're just like i'm curling up i ah uh, i can't watch this this is not how humans talk like it's like a wwe scripted promo do you know what i mean it's like stop talking please stop talking um it wasn't for me let's just let's just leave it at that in at number four uh, let's talk about the bad from nxt takeover
2: Okay right so I'm still getting to grips with NXT Um, there, there's a lot more that I like this week because the takeover which we'll talk about But well, there's a couple of things I didn't like but again because I'm only delving back in if you need to give me like backstory or like things I'm just missing as to why it didn't click with me that's cool as well Um, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly I, I don't get it I don't I don't get why they're still fighting. I can't believe this is only the third match they've had. I feel like I've heard about Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly for the last seventeen years, so I'm not sure how it's still going on. And like, it even even to someone just jumping back in, it was it was built up like this big epic finale. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be the match to end them all. And like. Maybe it's because I haven't watched the story all the way through, but it just seemed like really underwhelming to me, the entire match. I don't know. Maybe it's as well because the rumours are so strong that Adam Cole is done now. It kind of left, like, no doubt to who was going over and what the finish was going to be and mm. stuff like that. Um, so maybe part of that killed it for me. Or maybe it was the fact that it went on after one of my favourite matches of 2021 in, uh, in Walter and Ilya Dragunov that, like you know, I was just like emotionally spent. I don't know what it was, but I just, I didn't get it. And I, I I don't generally get Kyle O'Reilly as a wrestler. You know what I mean? Like the, I, I he's very good. Don't get me wrong. He's very good at what he does, but it's he's not someone that's ever like clicked character wise at me who I, I've never been like, Oh my God, Kyle O'Reilly's wrestling tonight. Like I have to tune in. I've just never had those feelings about him. So Maybe I'm missing the mark on that match, but like for me, it was definitely the weakest on the card.
0: No, nah, you've got it. No, nah, you're right. Everything is accurate.
1: I was I was betting to NXT Takeover, and I skipped the entire thing. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. So that that just that Kyle O'Reilly's a like... fucking
0: nerd. Like,
1: did any <laughs> did
0: did, I, did anyone see his promo that he cut this week? No, no, I haven't watched it. Oh, yet. it's the nerdiest thing you'll ever watch. He started like trying to be like you know. You remember when like they tried to write make Roman Reigns into like a cool like like saying like funny zingers, and then he ends up saying "suffering suck a dash. <laughs> <And> then, like <laughs> It's nearly that bad because he started to try give other wrestlers nicknames. So he starts going to La Knight. He goes, "Okay, La Knight, if that is your real name, and Peter Dune, and it's like." they're not funny that's the, I'm they're...
1: getting I'm getting really strong uh primary <laughs> school teacher vibes off that one I'm not going to lie and, <laughs> and,
0: and like he starts like kind of like I, it's so bad like it's like corporate Keen, do you know when you make videos and you're like doing promos in like WWE games in old like WWE Smackdown delivery shit like yeah and you're like <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> he starts trying to shit talk LA Knight one of the best on-mic wrestlers ever and he's like where would you get your jacket at the stone cold Steve Austin rip off shop <laughs> Oh like, no Got no. Oh you nerd <laughs> And like literally Joe just starts around He goes sick burn yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you're, like he, you're actually
1: Selling me on Kyle O'Reilly believe it or not
2: <laughs> No no like he Does give oh, off sad. strong nerd vibes you know What I mean like he's just one of the people who I see Who they're trying to sell me as like this tough Athletic guy and I'm like my Ma could bar him you know what I mean Like it, it, if he was disrespectful to my Ma she'd give him a clip around the ear and he'd fall down And it's just <laughs> That's not the vibe I want from my wrestlers. You know what I mean. Oh, so yeah. I didn't love that match, and like I'm also still sorry, Keen. I don't get Carry Cross either.
1: Don't apologize I... to me, please. He's, he's long gone? There. This is not. This is not the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, were, you, were, <laughs> you,
0: you haven't seen Raw, have you? Kate? Oh
2: no.
1: You okay. See, you, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll
0: understand so, in a minute.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, it's just like I'm such a big Samoa Joe fan that I was so excited for this match just because it was him in the main event. Like, but again, it just left me a bit flat. And again, I don't know if it was because some other parts of the show were so strong that I was just like, oh, why wasn't this main event or this? You know what I mean? But yeah it just it just it didn't it didn't hit for me you know what i mean like i just can't take carrying across seriously as like a badass the way he's trying to come across uh, like i said last week he looks like an off-duty children's magician to me like you know and it's just it's joe looks like he'd legitimately kill you and then this lad just it just looks like it's such an uneven fight with the present him as a badass and i just I don't get it, like, you know, and I know you just keep saying, it. Like, Go oh, cool entrance and Scarlet and all the rest of it, but, like, none of that is around. Like, nope. I don't see no, it
0: anymore. Trust, trust we don't, me we don't say that. Like, <laughs> if you have an issue with how he looked on Sunday, <laughs> 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 just, I, I, like, wait until we're doing the raw review, but you will need to Google, okay. like, what he looks like now because we okay. want to get live reactions, like, because that, we, but we, we will get to that.
2: <laughs> okay, all right, tell me, and I'll, I'll take up a, a, oh, wait, I've seen it yeah i've seen right. it i've seen yes. it yeah 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 okay, okay. cool I'll, 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 I'll save it for raw talk yeah we'll get to that and corporate i
0: can't wait to hear your first raw review for oh, that i'm purpose. so fucking excited rick i'm but, really excited but before that i want to hear your thoughts on the negative from SummerSlam. yeah it was, it was
1: um yeah like yeah uh, <laughs> i'll start with something that isn't even related to the show um Supposedly, they uh confiscated signs that people had for the fiend or Bray Wyatt or whatever it may have been. Uh, I did see a picture of one of the signs, and it was legit artwork, it wasn't even like uh, you know, like I want the fiend, it was like full on, like this is deadly. Uh, yeah. but yeah, they they confiscated that. And I just for me, when I see first of all, um, that what people confiscate, yeah. When I see them confiscating signs and I see them piping in crowd noise after fans returned and I see them ejecting fans from NXT for writing up spoilers. They started ejecting people who work for like Meltzer and other like journalisty type websites for fucking writing about what's happening. Like <laughs> and I look at all this shit and I'm like what like why, why are you working against your own fans like it's so bizarre i don't get it like how am i meant to like be a passionate like you know wwe fan if you hate me <laughs> you know you openly hate me <laughs> it's so weird. i don't get it i genuinely do not understand like how have you developed such an unhealthy relationship with your own fan base you know what i mean like the reason this shit doesn't happen in AEW... Like, I know you can tell about one without, without the other, but, I mean, they are kind of linked, you know what I mean? The reason this doesn't happen in AEW is because they put on a good show and they give people what they want, you know what I mean? It's not like a not like a groundbreaking discovery, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you gave the fans what they wanted, you wouldn't have to do any of this shit. Um, so I just feel like you're turning a lot of fans away, like, you know what I mean, by, by doing that. I don't know, like, I just feel... Yeah, you know, people talk about oh AEW got one over on WWE, or you know they're they're gonna put WWE out of business or whatever, whatever. Like it's nothing to do with that. Honestly, they're just doing it to themselves, and there's somebody else there to pick up pick up what's left behind. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all it is. Um, bizarre. I genuinely don't see a single like pro. You know, like we look at the pros and cons. Like why you do that? Um, but anyway, we get. The... <laughs> the, I just I just I'm seeing what I have written down here. This is Alexa versus Eva that match happened. (laughs) And I don't know why. (laughs) Um, I watched it and I was like, I actually watched the entire thing because for time purposes, I normally find myself skipping through like matches and stuff. But I was so curious to see like what they would do to make um, Alexa versus Eva like, you know, like a a good match, like a possible match for SummerSlam. Uh, And they they just didn't, which is actually an interesting strategy. <laughs> um, uh, I'm a bit I'm a bit disappointed. I know it's going to feel so weird. Everybody's going to be like, how can you be disappointed about an Eva Marie run, right? But look, I was a big <laughs> Eva Marie fan in her first run. All read everything. She's not all red, everything anymore. Her hair is pink. It's not the same, pink. right? Yeah. She's just, for me, it's like, I get that the joke is that she's a bad wrestler, but then it's like, she actually wrestles and it's bad. It's like, what's it? <laughs> What's the twist? It reminds me of like These, these YouTube fucking prankster dickheads That I used to watch when I was like 13 And they used to do this video like Eating people's food prank Where they go to people in like New York And they'd eat their food And there was no prank They just did it and they'd be like Haha, Oh no look there's cameras, there's cameras It's a prank it's Like, But it's not a prank Because you just ate their food for real <laughs> Just because you're recording it Doesn't make it a prank You just recorded yourself Eating someone else's food That's not a prank <laughs> And that's what this reminds you. of Where it's like There's no like, plot twist, like, oh, haha, Eva can't wrestle. Then she goes in and puts on a banging match, or she avoids wrestling and something else happens. as a twist to it. She just had a match, and it was bad. Like, what's the <laughs> point of it? You know what I mean? Like, what's the... Like, I remember, like, the reason I loved her first one, whenever they, ne- ne- like, leaned into this, and it was like, oh, Eva Marie... I can't wrestle it'd be like oh even marie was late to smackdown she got caught in traffic or whatever you know what i mean or something like that happened it'd be really funny you know what i mean whereas this time there's there's no entertainment factor to it you know that's the reason i'm bothered by it i don't mind shit wrestling if i'm entertained by it but this isn't entertaining i watched the entire thing i was like this is just boring this is shite like I can't, <laughs> why, man there's so many wrestlers like again i'll go on this right next week but like you know like angel garza cedric alexander shelton benjamin none of these lads are on SummerSlam. But she is. And for what? <laughs> and you know what I mean? People are talking about, and we'll get to the Becky stuff later, but like, you know, could they have given Becky and Bianca like time to put on an actual match? And they didn't because, what, a few minutes had to be dedicated to Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. I think it was like four minutes or something like that. But then like, Eltrus is on top of that as well. So it's like, <laughs> why? You know what I mean? And speaking of wasting time, that segues nicely into my next point. Uh the filler segments. Why why did King King Nakamura come out and just dance around for no reason? <laughs> I, I love that.
2: I love why? that. I can't believe you're coming after that. I thought it was so funny they did that big entrance and then just cut to another match. Me <laughs> <Even> and <laughs> Phil were watching that. We were like, what the fuck? Like
1: <laughs> see for me it's it, it, so it... funny. It didn't bother me a huge amount, but it would have if I stayed up live to watch it. Now, in fairness, it was a Saturday. We'll get to that later. Deadly. Um, but I still, I don't want to be up at fucking four in the morning and watching like Fitter. Like, what was the stuff? Why did Xavier Woods come out and just squirt me some Morrison with water for no reason? What was the point of that match? Like, well, no, it wasn't a match. What was the point of that moment? It wasn't even like a magical. SummerSlam moment There wasn't even a celebrity Like no. I, I would hate it If it was a celebrity appearance But I'd understand it There wasn't even a celebrity appearance It was just, oh,
0: it just happened. How,
2: how cool was Xavier Woods gear
0: Yeah it was But oh, Keen I, just, I, even doesn't even Get the reference there. No
2: he was it was all raised to Ramon gear and he Oh sorry, yeah, no no I got the, that yeah the, the, the girl and the and the and the stick and all like he looked deadly. He looked class. If he showed up like that, I'd be like, we gotta put him on the show quickly, Right a Miz and Morrison segment. That's exactly <laughs> what happened, I'd say. <laughs> he
0: just showed up, he just went for it. He's I'm gonna be raised yeah. Ramon and just hang out backstage. <laughs> and, yeah. I'll bring my gear just in case. <laughs> and, and they
2: were like, the world needs to see this. Ms. Morrison, you're on in 10. Like that's
1: Fair. Xavier happens. Woods looks cool all the time. You don't need to put him in shit segments because of it. You know what I mean? Give him mm. give him a match then if you're gonna do it. Or just don't do it. You know what I mean? I I didn't enjoy I
0: didn't enjoy the segment either. There was just loads of random fucking filler I just I didn't know what Olympians was there. when they yeah. came out to the ring and waved and then it just went to a break and it's like, um, okay. <laughs> like man, like I I assume that your man Gable or whatever is gonna be re- but yeah. they already
1: have a Gable and he's cool and he's also a wrestlery type person I th- there's no need for this lad like who is he i don't care they don't, they introduce him obviously oh no my head my headset is actually plugged out hang on i can't hear either of you right now um i'm gonna see if i can talk and plug it in at the same time um no i can't do that i can't multitask i'm sorry it is now plug back in hello everyone um right so what was i saying yeah the olympians like but at least do something cool with it you know what i mean if you're gonna introduce them do something entertaining do something cool not like this guy represented the united states it's like I'm Irish, I don't care like if, it, you know, <laughs> if it was Kelly Harrington, I'd be like, fucking deadly You know what I mean, it, but it wasn't
0: Yeah, but then America would be a bit like, okay, go, Yeah,
1: but that's what I felt You know what I mean, like, we're all gonna, like I'm Saying, oh, he was in the Olympics, like, I don't care Like, we already yeah, like Kurt Angle yeah. did it and it was way cooler You know what I mean, like, I don't know who the fuck this lad is He's been out here teasing WWE appearances on Twitter and shit And it, it didn't make me go, oh, wow Oh, this is exciting, I don't care um, Did you
2: uh, Did you see his very funny tweets, though? He put up a tweet of him and Triple H and he's like, oh, cool to meet Triple H. And then immediately after posted one of him and Vince being like, now this is the man I came to see. <laughs> and it was just like, when you look at them side by side, like, it's like, oh, poor Triple H. He just can't catch the break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, here's the worst thing that really pissed me off, right? And then SummerSlam, this ruined, oh no, it didn't ruin the entire show, but it ruined like the main event, which is like the main part of it. You know what I mean? Roman Reigns versus John Cena, right? Um Katie didn't mention this the SmackDown Go Home show, so I will, right? The SmackDown Go Home show is fucking shite. Like it was awful. I was, I was actually I this is obviously my first week where I have to cover Raw, and I remember watching SmackDown a few days ago and being like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> Katie has to cover this shit. I'm <laughs> at the right time. Perfect. Turned out they were both shit, but we'll get to that later. Um <laughs> They had an awful segment with um Edge and Rollins, but I'll get to that later because it did lead to something cool in fairness. Yeah. Um but the main event segment, so they had Roman Reigns and John Cena do another face-off, but the problem was they had made their points and got everything off their chest the previous week. There was just, there was just the, unfortunately there was a SmackDown between then and the following SummerSlam. So there was nothing to contribute, but they had to do something. So they had a face-off and John Cena, first of all, turns around and goes, so I didn't know John Cena was leaving, you know, immediately to do more movies. I kind of assumed that he might be, but I don't keep up with any of that shit. So I was like, all right, whatever. He might win. He's unlikely to win, but there's a possibility. And then he goes, well, actually, I'm going off to do movies after this, but I'm going to leave you without a belt. I'm going to leave you embarrassed. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. you just <laughs> told me now that you're not going to fucking win. Like, what was the point of that? You just like, you just you raise like you raise the stakes a bit, but but you didn't. You tried to raise the stakes, and in doing so, you've just sort of like dashed them completely. Now I don't care. And then Ray turns around and he says. If I lose, I'm leaving WWE. I'm like, oh, you fucking, like, you just ruined the match now. Like, <laughs> I, like obviously now, it's literally, it was already, like, 99% Reigns winning. Now it's 100. Like, I'm never, I'm never naive enough to think that somebody has a 0% chance of winning a wrestling match. But this is as close to 0 as they're going to get. And as a result, I was not into the match at all. I know people were saying, oh, but mm. the near falls got me. The near falls, they didn't, they didn't get me anyway. And I was watching that, and I was like, this is, like... Like the, Reigns isn't losing. You, know? you got pushed to AA through the table, put in the ring. i like he's gonna kick out. He kicks out. Even if he masses, even if it's like 2.9999. I'm like he's never gonna fucking lose this match because he's not gonna fucking leave WWE. It's never gonna happen. Like I can't even imagine. Like I'm just trying to think. Like who would they even? This is what I was thinking the entire match. If Reigns was to leave right, even for a week, who would they fo- focus the show around? You know what I mean? Like who would be the sort of who would like? It'd be so empty. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? What Baller? I mean. Maybe, but he doesn't really have the sort of presence that Reigns And No one does. Like nobody has the presence on SmackDown that Reigns has. So it's like well, they've got Becky back now. I suppose. Yeah, I wasn't really thinking Becky, but even but still, then, in that division, in like that in division, yeah, the, yeah, there's nobody there that can kind of fill that role. So I was like, right, the matches, is like, like, like you've just fucked it, it. Like I think AEW did something like that a while ago. I think it was when the Bucks it was was it the Young Bucks against FTR where they're like, if we lose, we'll never team again. And I'm like, you're not improving the match. You're fucking it by doing that. Because yeah. now it's like, now I'm not like, ooh, I hope this person wins or this. I, like Now I know who wins. You've just spoiled mm. that on me. For what? Like I was looking forward to the match anyway. You know what I mean? I'd imagine like Reigns versus Cena would, you know, it's it, still generate enough abu- of a buzz for you to not need to do that, is what I would yeah. imagine. Um, No, I thought that was shite. Like the title's already enough stakes as it is. Um, mm. And even beating Reigns is enough stakes as it is. Like even if it was non-titles, somebody beating Reigns would be massive right now. So there was just no need awful shit um then after the match um (laughs) reigns wins and this is all right i fucked up right this this is on me not wwe this is my fault right i basically i was so pissed at the match i was like man this is bollocks i didn't go on twitter or like social media but i went on reddit because reddit will kind of warn you they'll be like okay something happens here so don't proceed so so it said SummerSlam spoilers surprise after main event i was like okay okay right i won't uh, i'll just i'll keep watching i won't skip ahead or nothing like that right so that's grand but my head was thinking who can i actually bring back as a surprise because whenever i see surprise i i was like cm punk and then like you know becky but yeah. those returns already happened so i'm like man who's it gonna be and then i went oh biggie's cashing in oh my god Big E's cashing in I know I did a fucking me On it I raised my I don't, <laughs> That's on me, I don't, I, put, me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't put WWE On that Like that was all me I was like Oh man Cause I was like Oh yeah Big E Oh man And then Lesnar's music hit And I was like Man I should be happy About this But I just fucked myself With that one Didn't I <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, you see, here's the thing. I'm a bit split. I don't know how you feel about Lesnar. First of all, I love his look. That is not insane saying yeah, something stupid. Man, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. We saw what he looked like outside of WWE through Instagram and stuff like that. And I remember saying, if he ever comes back, I hope he keeps that look. Because yeah. that's how he—he's happy with it. I'm happy with it. and I think it's going to look very, very funny when he's in his gear. But he's still got the little top knot. I can't imagine <laughs> it. I can't visualize it in my head. You know what I mean? So I can't wait to see. It. I think it'd be really funny. I think it's cool. Look, he's older. He looks different. Uh, it's what he can do in the ring that—that that matters. You know what I mean? Like, and we'll get to Goldberg later. But Goldberg looks fine. But when he wrestles, it's shite. Whereas if if, Le- if Lesnar looks a bit goofy or whatever, as long as he does what he does in the ring, I think it's
0: fucking kill. Cool. I think he looks kill yeah. cool, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell him that he's got like a little top, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's I mean, the point. I- it's the ultimate because I can't look. Yeah, isn't, yeah, you know yeah. what you're going to do? You're going to slap Lesnar, and be like, oh, your top notch shite. Go on, say that to Lesnar then. <laughs> Off you, go. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so I love his look. My only issue, and I don't know how I feel about this, because, right, first of all, he went after the wrong champion. I think Lesnar-Lashley is the dream match. That's the match I really want to see. We've seen Roman. We've seen Reigns and Lesnar several times in the past. I know it's different this time because it's a different Roman Reigns. So I'm not dreading it. I'm looking forward to it. I am excited. But I just think, man, we are so close to Lesnar-Lashley. You're really fucking teasing me here. The reason it's just after I wrote that out and I was like, man, I'm kind of annoyed about that. Because I look at like SmackDown and SmackDown has Reigns versus Balor reigns hmm. versus biggie reigns versus you know a whole like a wide variety of people rollins still hasn't had his title shot there's competition there whereas you look at raw and the people who are built up to take on Lashley, and it's like damian priest drew mcintyre sheamus you know what i mean shit we've seen already and i'm kind of like man i'm not i will get to that we'll get to that trust me but um so at first i was pissed but then i found out something I, didn't, I don't know if i found it out but it just seems to be rumored or whatever or anticipated this is actually for saudi arabia Apparently, it's going to be Lashley Goldberg 2 with Saudi Arabia and Reigns and Lesnar at Saudi Arabia. Oh. And if that's the case, I'm actually happy because I want Lashley and Lesnar to happen on a proper stage, not fucking Saudi Arabia, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, but it's just that like Reigns is clearly going to beat Lesnar. It'll be fun. But then Lesnar will be coming into the Lashley. Well, no, who knows? Maybe Lesnar will beat somebody else for facing Lashley. I don't know. But I'm hoping we get Lesnar Lashley. I'm hoping Lashley wins. If Lesnar loses to Reigns and he goes straight to Lashley, I think Lesnar might win then. I don't want that. So like, I'm just taking. I'm just taking ahead. It's not. It is good. I'm, I'm delighted Lesnar came back. It should be a laugh. Um. Well, it's just something, it's not something I put in. This is awesome, but not stupid. I just, I just thought I'd mention it while we're here. Kind of, thing. it would
0: have been awesome if you didn't do a you on it, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I still would have had mixed emotions,
0: but yeah, that really didn't yeah. me on. It. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> in a number two, I want to talk about AEW because they announced obviously a dream match this week, and we all know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the dream match that AEW announced last week. And you know what? This is actually mad because it was only recently that I thought to myself, man. Do you reckon Paul White is pissed that he only got brought in to commentate on the show nobody cares about? Well, Mark Henry is on the one everyone watches just because he came in when that was the show that they were launching. And I thought about how White used to say that he wanted to wrestle in AEW, but how when it comes down to it, there's actually no demand for, for that. And not one match that I think people want to see him in in AEW in 2021. Unless I'm wrong here. Is there a dream match that I'm forgetting here involving Paul White? If you want to play Fantasy Booker, is there any match that you guys would like to see Paul White in against any of the AEW roster?
1: Marco Stunt. Cutie Marshall.
0: <laughs> You're a dick. You're a
1: dick. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Isn't... I've got one friend who's really, really excited to see Big Show in AEW, regardless of who he's facing. Outside of that one friend, I'd, like, I'd say there is. like, There are fans who are into it, but... I'm like I'm not. I'm, I'm very neutral on it. I'll be honest. Like I'm neutral. That's that's the best way I could say like I am on this. Me, I'm
2: fans. I'm excited to see Big Show in <laughs> <on> AEW.
0: <laughs> but what, who, do you, who do you want to see? Marcus Stone. Marco stunt stunned. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a banger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's fair enough. It's not what we got. It's not what we got. And and I think if you were being serious, I don't think you would have said the match is actually happening because after leaving WWE after 21 years for this new project, Paul White is making moves. And if you haven't seen it, I can reveal that the dream match that Corbett King also already revealed <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> Sorry, <laughs> that he's joined AEW to wrestle in. The young talent he's going to lend his name value and experience to put over will be at all out the biggest night of the AEW calendar where matches that are only completely essential would be QT Marshall. Are you for fucking real? That's what quality television benefit? Marshall to what you. Does- <laughs> what does this benefit? <laughs> what is the purpose of this? No one is asking for this match. People are going to knock it on the all out card. People have been wrestling all year round. And, like, fuck's sake, like, I don't mind commentators getting into like, uh, like, wrestling feuds or stuff like that. Like, and I know they kind of did set this up by having Big Show get, like, kind of the stable gave out to him and he went out and chokestammed Aaron Solo and then he felt really good about it. And that's what kind of led to this. But, like, for a start, when you do that commentator angle, like, it has to be a wrestler that you actually want to see. Do you know what I mean? It has to be, like, Oh, I want to see if that guy is someone that he can take. Do you know what I mean? Q T Marshall, I look at him. I'm like, yeah, Big Show can take him. Q T Marshall, the way he sells for Big Show is like that guy can take me. There's no doubt about it. It's not an interesting or intriguing match. It doesn't like sell that side of the storyline. It's also not cool or anything. And also as well, like Big Show commentates an AEW Dark elevation. That is the fourth show in the AEW hierarchy. Do you know what I mean? Um, It's ridiculous. And the phrase why it uses is no more BS, but legitimately, I think all of us are going to be sitting there in a week and a half. And the one thing we'll be, we will be thinking as we're watching this fucking atrocious match that is taking up space on the hottest promotion on the planet's biggest card of the year. We will all just be thinking, this is a big load of BS. I'm sorry. Maybe, you know, who knows? I have gone out on a limb here before and been wrong many times. I feel confident that this will not be one of those times. uh, Jimmy says, I think they nailed it, to be fair, beating up Wannabe Cody. A go-go show could be okay if that's where they want to go. I I, I think you're being very optimistic there, Jimmy. (laughs) I think you're being very, very fair. Very, very fair. (laughs) Um, I, I disagree, okay? But who knows? Maybe I'll be wrong, and this will end up being a match of the year. It won't. I won't be wrong. This is correct. I have the correct opinion. In at number one, though, the worst thing of the week, let's talk about it. I've been dying to do this. I think there's going to be a great mind for content over the next few weeks. Corporate Keen, tell us about your first experience reviewing Monday Night Raw. That's my favorite sports entertainment show
1: Monday Night Raw, as I have written down here um I like, I like I was saying this to you earlier like when I was like when I was um younger, I said like you know I, I like I'd hate to be that person that does like a wrestling podcast covering a show they hate and just complains about it the entire time but i, I am now an old man i'm twenty three and this is this is where I am um <laughs> this, <laughs> i am um, I've watched Monday Night Raw. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's it's after SummerSlam, turning a new leaf. Maybe this show is good now. Maybe they've they've seen the light and they've improved things. Um right, let's begin. The opening segment was MVP <laughs> MVP uh, explaining to the world why Lashley attacked a child the previous night. <laughs> um that was a laugh. I was, I, was I, I I you know anything MVP and Lashley for me, I'm 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 all in on that. Like that's that's one of the good things on Raw. Um but he is interrupted by Damien Priest. And I don't don't think Katie's here right now, right? But me and Katie are are not gonna see eye to eye on this, right? Cause I remember she expressed a love for Damien Priest quite a while ago, right? Fun fact, possibly my least favorite wrestler in WWE. Oh no, she's back. Oh Oh,
2: no. I can't believe I I came back just to hear that. Holy shit. Oh,
0: you are caught rapping.
2: Caught rapping. Holy shit. I'm gonna be honest. I was about to be plunged into darkness again so I had to go get a charger
1: <laughs> and turn on a can't. light. My so least right, favorite I'm in my
2: rocking chair. I'm ready to listen.
1: Okay. <laughs> Arguably my least favourite wrestler in WWE is Damien Priest. I can't stand him. I genuinely I think he is playing a cool character and he's nowhere near cool enough to pull it off he is wwe's idea of cool his promos are generic they're boring i i genuinely haven't haven't he's had no i will be honest right he had three good matches this year the bad bunny match was good um i enjoyed the zombie match despite the fact that others had their own yeah. opinions on it and i thought his match at summer slam was all right i didn't really write about it like for for later but um his match against seamus is okay i liked it that's it. That's the only positive I've got of Damian Priest. All his segments, every single one of his segments on Raw are shite. They're boring. I've no interest in anything that he does. Um, I, I, he is popular. I will say he does have a fan base. I'm definitely in a minority. I do acknowledge that. But I don't see what anyone else sees in Damian Priest. It reminds me a bit of um, Kyle O'Reilly's fan base in NXT. Every promo that Kyle O'Reilly has in NXT is fucking shite. But he has a following that goes all the way back to his Ring of Honor days and I think that there's a certain loyalty towards like he has a loyal fan base that'll stick with him I think maybe Damian Priest has that um, maybe because I, I genuinely I don't know what he does in WWE that has that, that that would make you want to be a fan of him you know what I mean and he's booked very strong as well he's only lost like I think one singles match this year if even that like he, he beats everyone and I don't mm. really see why he is being positioned as sort of the next top kind of star in, on Raw I don't like okay why do you like him? <laughs>
2: He's really cool. <laughs> he yeah. looks cool. He's really tall. He's really good looking. He's a good wrestler. Like, I mean, what box does he not tick? I don't get it. The like. entertainment one.
1: The entertainment <laughs> one. The reason <laughs> I <laughs> watch wrestling, that one. Yeah. <laughs> but his matches important. are good. His promos are what? good. He's likable.
0: What?
1: What good promo has he caught? What? What great matches he had besides bad? Yeah. What, what's the Damien Priest
0: pipe bomb?
2: <laughs> Not everyone has to have a pipe bomb, all right? <laughs> <laughs> pipe bombs are overrated and they're just fucking. I bet you if we went back and listened to that tomorrow, it wouldn't be as good a promo as we all remember. I uh, think loads
0: <laughs> of people will have watched it this, just this week, actually. Like, worst time ever to say that. It's <laughs> a buyer, as <is> that <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh,
2: I, I just like them. I, I I like, okay, I can understand why some people don't like him because I have this argument constantly with you know certain friends of mine but look and <laughs> like i i think i'm the only person i've ever met that is a big david priest fan <laughs> yeah. like,
0: katie katie I, you you did not and i don't know if you're going to bring this up keen but you i don't think you'd feel the same if you witnessed the backstage promo he got with drew mcintyre oh
2: uh, well that's the reason no, it that's isn't. the reason the fucking charisma
1: vacuum Drew McIntyre oh. <laughs> I'd don't. I, I can't even. I'd love to like big up Katie be like oh she just Katie Harvey shoots on Drew McIntyre but I'm getting there as well <laughs> yeah. um, did I watch the backstage segment between Damien Priest and Drew McIntyre no because why would I watch the backstage so segment between Damien Priest and Drew McIntyre why would I
0: watch that <laughs> it was exactly what you think it'll be it was like wow my man and then drew's like oh i see things that you're doing and then he's like <laughs> yeah we're really cool it was just like oh my god what he's doing it's exactly what you think it's gonna be it, like it's it, very very bad it's it's pg WWE's
1: definition of cool and badass and it doesn't match up with the rest of the world you know what i mean oh. um so damien priest comes out and he's like you didn't beat Goldberg. You know, Goldberg was injured. It's like, yeah, because because MVP, like, yeah, because he got injured in a match with Bobby Lashley and the ref TKO'd him. Like it was like it was ref stoppage. just a legit win. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> it's, good in fight.
0: it's good in a fight if you injured the other person.
1: <laughs> yes, that's a good thing. That's the point. The ref didn't see it. MVP got the job done. Unlucky. Fucking hell. Um, then Seamus comes out and, and fucking batters Damian Priest. And then for some reason. Drew McIntyre makes the save. In in the backstage segment, did they address why Drew McIntyre felt the need to
0: insert himself in business that isn't really his? No, it was literally oh. just he. Well, he did earlier on. He's like, the Priest was like, "Why did you save me?" That was actually the nature of the promo, and Drew's like, "Those are my two least favorite people in the world," and it's just like, "All right, okay." Where yeah. is he from, Newry? <laughs> 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 I uh, am not in the IRA. I am Drew McIntyre. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I look at
1: this, right? I look at this tag match, and I want to say that it's early days. I want to see it. I want to say that it might lead to something interesting, but I'm just so. I look at that and I'm like, Sheamus versus Lashley, we've seen, and we're getting it next week again. We've seen it earlier this year. It happened. I love Sheamus. Maybe if Sheamus goes for a title, I I might give him a pass just because of how much I love Sheamus. But we did, we have seen it. It is something we saw literally, like, I think, was it? No, just before WrestleMania. But that's not that long ago, really. I mean, okay, Sheamus, I can give them. Drew McIntyre does not need to be involved here I'm delighted they moved on I'm, de- <laughs> I'm actually really happy with how they handled Drew and Jinder at SummerSlam They kind of just went right This is shite We're going to end it in four minutes And never speak of this again Um, yeah. So that, they did that And fair fucks That was the right move But I don't yeah. know if putting Drew McIntyre I don't know maybe, maybe it'll lead to McIntyre versus Priest But that actually sounds like hell on earth At the same time But it is something <laughs> different I don't know but at the minute i've got lashley at the, at the main event with drew with seamus with priest it's either something we've seen before or it's something that's not good and um I, i'm not it just it doesn't it doesn't fill me with optimism is what i'd say another thing that doesn't really fill me with optimism is the next segment <laughs> with dewdrop right oh. and we're 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 saying all right she's so she's betrayed even maria that summer well she I know Betray is the right word if she's a good yeah. guy But anyway, turn her back on Eva Marie She's on her own now, she's feuding with Eva Marie And we're, re- we're ready for her, you know Ting tings, that's not my name moment You know what I mean? We're ready for her to just fucking go in And say, that's not my name, Eva Marie You fucking bitch, you little dickhead Fuck you, what are you calling me that for, you cunt And then <laughs> the the way, Okay, maybe she might not be able to go into that that I'd level up of, for
0: that on a PG
1: show Yeah, I, yeah, I'd, I'd just that a, a couple of things well, You know what I mean, you, you basically say That's not my name, fuck you, don't call me that and and then you you go at her, you know, kind of way. And instead, she goes the shorty g route and she turns around and goes, Dewdrop. I like that name. That's <laughs> and I'm going to do drop Eva Marie. <laughs> What's even even mean? That word. Not, not only that, but it's like, do you know what it remind me of? Do you remember Hillary Clinton, right? When Pokemon Go was a thing. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, Pokemon Go, why don't they Pokemon? Go to the polls
0: yeah. <laughs> and we
1: lost the election immediately. Immediately, they're like, that's a, that's a DQ, you're out. That's like, what is that? That's that's what this reminded me of. Like, why are you doing like I, I I think Piper Niven's deadly. I'm a big Piper Niven fan, yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to see what she can do on Raw, but not when they're doing this sort of shit, you know what I mean? Um, I just <laughs> it's just awful. Um, then speaking of awful, we go to our third segment. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, uh, hey, this is fun. Why did why did you give why would you uh, give a bra for SmackDown? <laughs> I'm not jealous at all. Because this time your favourite wrestler made an appearance for a match. Karrion Cross versus right. Ricochet. Uh, I, I need to get the picture up again. You do need to get the picture up again. We need to talk about this. This is no, lads. We need to just have a sit down, have a little chat. Uh, this it's like circle time, you know what I mean? In skill, where, you, where you'd have the little thing in your hand and you'd pass it around for each person to speak. because This is very, this is the one of those suspenders. We,
0: we'll pass the suspenders around. We, we need to talk about this. <laughs> um,
1: so Karrion Cross was already made an absolute like so he, he when he was NXU champion. It, it sucked the life out of it for a lot of people. I, I back Karrion Cross because I genuinely do see a lot of potential in him that other people don't see. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they, they brought him up to Raw before he was done with NXT and had him lose yeah. to Jeff Hardy. So already everyone's laughing at him. He they, he appeared on Main Event without Scarlett Bordeaux and without any of his big smoke and, and you know exciting entrance and all that. They made him look like shite already without anything, without his, you know, this, what we're about to talk about in a second. He had already gotten to the point where on the go home show for nxt people are chanting for jeff hardy and laughing at him this monster and they're laughing at him because he's like but made a fool of you know what i mean like on the show and ah, he shows up on raw (laughs) the night after SummerSlam to take on ricochet and you're thinking right well maybe they'll reset maybe they'll make him badass you know like killer cross was back in impact you know what i mean or in his lucha underground days a badass and he shows up Wait, what would you even describe it? What is that a mask? A, ma- a red mask, it, and
2: it looks like someone tried to cosplay Ninja Power Rangers without ever having seen Ninja Power Rangers. That's what <laughs> it looks like.
0: It's like yeah, it's like the 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 North Korean mix of Power Rangers. Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of the knockoff. Uh, you, know, you know,
2: you know, you know, in the pound shop makes like uh, yeah. versions of like wrestlers and stuff like yeah. that. that.
0: <laughs> a, a ranger costumes. of power, yeah, yeah, yeah. A ranger <laughs> of power. It's, it's it's
2: an off-brand Chinese market version. That's,
1: that's <laughs> the, the mask makes him look like a child in an oversized suit that is downs. And then, what would you even call the t- like? What is suspenders? Is little fucking? What is that? And I found out supposedly why he's wearing that shit. Right. And apparently it's because under this new Nick Khan WWE, apparently, I don't know how true it is, just this to what I've read, but like everyone has to be marketable. You have to be able to sell everything about every wrestler. So they're all supposed to have their own accessories, right? Who is going to buy that shit? Who? Even the kids are going to think that's shite. What is, the, what is the appeal of that? Like <laughs> who, who is going to want? I want suspenders. I want, I want a nice, nice big... Gladiator mask is too fucking big for my head. What like he who's gonna say that is cool? I want that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, and also you look at the biggest stars in WWE history, and it's like Steve Austin, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, black plain black trunks with no accessories. What like you know what I mean? Okay, Steve Austin had like cans of beer. That was it. You know what I mean? It's not like it, it wasn't. It wasn't. There was no need for any of the, like. Oh man, anytime like you see it, just it, it get, like this reminds you of so much. It reminds you of the ascension. When I went from NXT where they were yes. actually kind of cool to the main roster, and it reminds Very me true. of it reminds me of Retribution from last year. And both of those things died to death straight away. Karrion Cross is for the bin. He is genuinely mm. like, and you would think that's a crazy thing to say, considering like it's just a bit of shit gear. But like <laughs> the reality is he's I'm probably gonna stay in the gear for a while. And then I don't know. I just think he's I I honestly think his career in on Raw is just gonna like. Patter out over time, and he's just going to go back to where retribution are now. I shouldn't be because I I'm in the very again small minority here, but I, I actually think carrying cross is really good. I think he has a lot of potential, but they're just ruining him for no reason. Mm. I don't know why,
0: but um, but it, it was it was something.
1: It, it uh, was wanna
0: let, let can we just look at this just to kind of put this into perspective? Some of the people that have been like the, the NXT champion recently, okay. Um, just to kind of look at like what WWE's done with them, like and, and new NXT champions if that makes sense. Carrying cross, like because remember, WWE, like we used to give them credit for like all of this WrestleMania card was NXT talent, you know what I mean? Let's look at what they're doing now with NXT talent, carrying cross, Keith Lee. Uh, Adam Cole, like, leaving the company this week. Johnny Gargano, still there. is still there. Uh, Alistair Black, Andrade, both wrestling for AEW now. Bobby Roode, dead. Drew McIntyre, one of the deadest gimmicks on Raw. We've just slagged them. Like, they have messed up, like, all of their NXT champions. Like, it is disastrous. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to add to that. I... It's just pain. Um,. <laughs> And we're not even halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Logan Paul made an appearance. And I thought when I saw, first of all, Logan, like the guy thing was, I saw Logan Paul. I thought I saw the announcement of his appearance um, um hours after uh, CM Punk watching his return. And I'm like, man, this is your answer. I'm not saying you have to like break the bank or do anything crazy, but like a good show wouldn't go amiss. You know what I mean? But they bring in Logan Paul. I'm like, right, they're obviously going to lean into the fact that he's the bad guy. You know, nobody here likes him. The whole point of the Paul brothers is that they get them, they get themselves in the boxing fights that people pay for to see them get knocked out. That's the point. That's why they make so much money. WWE brings him in. And he's there shaking hands with the New Day. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're all right, man. Yeah, yeah. And he goes and he does... Um, uh, Katie, what's his, what's his show called? John Morrison's show? Uh, America's Most Richie. Wanted. What? Oh, America's... Yeah, <laughs> um, Or something like that, something along those lines Yeah, um, his
2: promos upset me Thanks thanks for reminding me how much his promos upset me Saying that word, that rotten word <laughs> Oh
1: yeah, you weren't into that
2: No, like, oh, I'm into the whole gimmick And them as a tag team But like that word in particular makes my skin crawl
1: I'll get into Miz and Morrison in a sec Because obviously they had a, They had <laughs> some evening um, Logan Paul made an appearance And he's already more hated Than Annie Heel on the show like everyone's booing the fuck out of him. And I thought again, I thought they were leading really into it. I thought that was the point. But no, they right, had ba- yeah. they had babyface John Morrison um, you know, try and do his, his show with Logan fucking Paul. And they had oh big dickhead, the Miz, asking one question that salvaged the entire segment and made it really funny. I actually like this because of the Miz. Because the Miz turns around and goes, I have to ask you a question. What round is your brother gonna get knocked out in? And everyone's like, <laughs> And I'm there, laughing. At Logan Paul, like this is this is Danny man, this is gas. What a fucking legend, man! And then, um, then the Miz and Morrison argue. Logan Paul leaves, and um, it leads to a split. It leads to the Miz and Morrison scrapping it out, and it's a weird one. I don't know how I. I as of right now, I'm actually against this. Believe it or not, uh, because I hated Miz and Morrison for ages. Like when they first started. Last year I was like, I'm not enjoying any new these segments, you know, with Braun and, and all this they're doing on SmackDown this time last year. Excuse me. I wasn't into it, I didn't really enjoy it. And um it took a bit of time, but over time eventually they won me over, and I really could see that like their charisma was like brushing off on each other. I thought they brought the best out in each other. And looking at them now, I'm like uh, when they split initially, I was like, Okay, cool. John Morrison has a lot to wrestle, has a lot to offer as a wrestler. Do you know how old John Morrison is?
2: I imagine yeah. like
1: 38 or 39. He's in his 40s, I think. Oh. He doesn't wrestle like he's in his 40s. He wrestles like he's half that. Yeah. He's unbelievable. John Morrison has so much to offer a wrestling show, even still. Um, but you don't need to split them to to give Morrison something to do as a single star. I don't think. Um, I think I suppose maybe I mean I don't know. I, I don't know how a feel about this. I feel it's worth mentioning. I don't I don't want to go too strong, you know, negative or positive, but I'm just kind of like mm, this 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 kind of like we've seen WWE split teams before and then do nothing with it, you know, heavy machinery, the iconics, the hurt business, they do it all the time where like you have you have a, a decent act that are quite entertaining or they show a lot of potential and they'll split them and it leads to nothing. You know what I mean? I'm kind of looking at it now and I'm like, mm, that's probably what's gonna happen here. Like I feel like if they stuck together, you couldn't you didn't have to face Miz, but you could have done like face Morrison heel Miz or maybe do face Miz it could be something different I mean I know obviously he's better as a heel but I don't know I just feel like there was more to do with Miz and Morrison they finally won me over I was actually enjoying their segments it was something I was actually kind of half looking forward to when I came to covering Raw and now I'm like eh, I don't know like the Miz like even then like the Miz running away out of his wheelchair like the other week I don't know if we talked about it but that was hilarious man like that had me in tears watching that I was like I don't know I feel like two of them had a lot more to do together but then I don't know like we'll we'll see where it goes but the reason this doesn't say something stupid is because logan paul's appearance um, and i feel like it was very much a a dyslexic reading of the room um Mm. next is for the 24 7 title um i love reginald i love him in this role i'll absolutely give credit where it's due i think they've nailed that yeah um r-truth i think he's excellent for you know constantly chasing down reginald and and being in, in that sort of tier of the show and it makes sense i'm not against that and I think there should be a revolving door of wrestlers, both very high and very low on the card, that should be involved in the 24-7 title picture. I love the 24-7 title concept. I love it, and I don't think it's run as course. and I don't think they should scrap it. Um, but I think they need to put effort into it. Um, because they don't put effort into it. It's like the last thing they think of when they're putting the show together. Like, oh, I know. Um, shoots hides in a bush and goes ah, oh, and then Reginald flips and runs away. And it kind of—it's very repetitive. And it's like there's no. This is the one part of the show where it should be completely different every week. And like, there should be a, a brand new story because it's like it's so dumb. It's stupid. It's literally there for people who have nothing else to do. So there's no reason for it. There's no long-term storytelling needed or anything like that. You know what I mean? You don't need to build to a pay-per-view. Just do something funny with it now. Um. My issue with this is Akira Tozawa, because believe it or not, he's one of the best wrestlers on the roster. I believe, like, in the ring, Akira Tozawa is unbelievable. And ever since he yeah. got signed with WWE, all he's done is, he had some good matches in Cruiserweight Classic, signed for 205 Live, where unfortunately nobody's really watching. Um, that had some good matches in 205 Live, but then, you know, ever since he moved to Raw, it's just done shite comedy. Like, it's not even, it's WWE comedy, you know what I mean? And we'll get to, like, Something I found funny on WWE, like, in this is awesome. That was genuinely funnier than anything they'd ever done, but it was accidentally funny. That's when WWE is that its funniest. So when WWE tries to be funny, it's 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 not. You know what I mean? Like, and not to be wrong, it's not all straight. There are some good twenty four seven moments, but I just feel like this is such a waste of Akira Tozawa. Like, I'll get I'll get to it again. That's my rant next week. All the people I think that WWE are wasting, but Akira Tozawa for me should be doing something. Or like, if you're not gonna let him out, you know. Into the indies or or into you know other companies or whatever. If you're gonna if you're gonna have them on RAW, have them wrestle, man. There's so much like look at all the shite I'm reading now. Why did we get why did we get Carrion Cross in fucking Anne Summers gladiator gear <laughs> taking on fucking Ricochet <laughs> when we could have had like a Kier versus Ricochet for the U instead of Priest holding that belt, give it to Ricochet and you can have a Kier versus Ricochet for the U.S. title. Twenty mm-hmm. minutes, there you go, banger absolute banger of a match why you know why are we getting like Jinder and Drew waving fucking swords at each other and fucking you know what I mean all this sort of shit all fucking Logan Paul Why do we've Logan Paul why do we've got like embarrassing segments with dude dude drop who's gonna do drop Eva Marie when well, you've got this fucking level of talent at your disposal you know what I mean what is your reason what's the logic behind it you know what I mean so Akira Dezawa I feel has been wasted that's just my opinion on it um this is another thing. This is something I found very funny. I don't want to rip into this too much because I didn't hate this segment, but I, I just think, like, this is if this is a good show, I'd have put this and say something stupid on its own and laughed at it. Um, th- there's just so much shit happening that it's like I'm just I'm throwing it in as well, right? Um, Mansoor had a match with Jinder Mahal. First of all, again, I said it already. Excellent that they're moving Jinder Mahal on, pretending the whole thing with the sword never happened. Good stuff. Um, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali still together. Love it. I love their, their dynamic. Love the duo. I think that's what they're, they're utilizing them two really well. Um, so they had a match. It was Jinder Mahal versus Mansoor. And the whole thing was uh, Mansoor. <laughs> it's, it's proper cheesy babyface shit. And if it was anyone else, I'd hate it. Like if it was Kyle O'Reilly, somebody who, who had a cool run on the Indies or on Ring of Honor, was doing this nerdy shit, I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. But Mansoor is a nerd. But in a good way. It it suits him. It's who he is and it's who we know him as. It's not a shitter version of anything we've seen before. It's I like it. I like Mansoor. He's very, I don't know, very, something very innocent about him There's something very, you know, I don't know. I I think it suits him. Right. So Mansoor backstage, he turns around to Mustafa Ali and he's like, I need to do that. I need to win, but I need to do this my way. With, it's like that never works out anytime any wrestler turns around and says i, I don't need your help out there i'm gonna do this on my own they get their head kicked in right that's usually what happens <laughs> and they lose right they lose that's usually what happens and Mustafa Ali says right i'll go out with you but i won't get involved right cool so the match happens with Jinder Mahal and uh and Mansoor and Jinder punches Mansoor punches him again 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 in a, in a illegally, i can't remember what the what the move was specifically but the refs like one two three four and then just well Five. Uh, Jinder didn't come in with the intention of winning the match. He um he beats the shit out of Mansoor, takes his anger out on him, and, and gets on with his day. And um, then all all of Jinder's gang hop on and beat the shit out of him. Mustafa Ali turns his back and says, "Oh, you know, he didn't want me to get involved, so I'm not getting involved." Fair enough. Honestly, I'm, I'm I love I love Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. I back their decisions. Um. Then uh then they all leave, and Mansoor turns around to Mansoor and goes um <laughs> he turns around and goes, "All right, you see what that's done." Now we're going to do things my way, right? Mansoor won. He won the match. <laughs> he got the result that he wanted. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Why are you it your way? He won the match. You know what man, well, that was the whole objective. Beat Jinder Mahal. Take the box. He'd done it his way. Congratulations, Mansoor! You know what I mean, he's like a former WWE champion, like <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he beat be a former WWE world man. I look? I love Mustafa; he's one of my absolute favorites. But Pat Mansoor on the back right now. Tell him that he did a great job. Got his head punched in, head butted J- Jinder Mahal's fist for five seconds, and and he got the win. So fair, folks. I don't. Think, I think we should continue to do things Mansoor's way on Raw, um, at least for now, right? Um, then we get to. Uh, we're not done. No, we're not done. Uh this is the final one kind of sort of Charlotte comes out right (laughs) and Charlotte cuts a promo and did I watch it did I fuck you are not gonna you're not gonna get me to watch a Charlotte promo I'm sorry I skipped through it get kind of you know the the 15 seconds sort of skip ahead 15 second button hockey that over you know what I mean because that way it's like if she says something important I'd be like oh wait what was that but otherwise (laughs) I can go skip 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 so it's like I won't skip the entire thing but I'll eat through it and um Charlotte a champion, I won't, I won't rip into it. It's not the worst thing in the world. I actually think Sharna is a better in ring wrestler than people give her credit for. So even if the segments are shite, there could be a good match, you know, at the end of the road. Like I remember her and Rhea Ripley had awful segments in the run up to there, was it Blacklash, I want to say, or something paper like that? And um, where they had a match, and I was like, ah, oh, I, I wasn't looking forward to it because the segments were awful, but the match completely, like, blew me away I thought this is a
0: banger you know what I mean I was really really into it Um, whatever about the whatever about the the match as a whole at SummerSlam Charlotte's performance in the match at SummerSlam was phenomenal like Mm. she wrestled her ass off to make that into a good match now whether she got there or not up for debate but her performance in that was fantastic. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I back Charlotte as a wrestler. I don't think
1: it's the worst option as champion, considering sort of where she is in the food chain in WWE. And all. It is it is what it is. I, I wasn't really into the Nikki A.S.H. stuff or anything like that. I'm not really that into, like, Rhea Ripley's character either. So it is what it is. But <laughs> I mentioned shit segments, right? And I'm like, well, at least the match at the end of the road is good when it comes to Charlotte. So we'll, we'll take the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I'm waiting to see the promo. Who's gonna interrupt it? Because like that's usually how these things work, you know, on the raw after SummerSlam. You, you, the, the challengers are established and shit happens and things move. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Who's it gonna be? Ah, oh, it's fucking Alexa Bliss. I completely forgot about Alexa Bliss. I was like, no, <laughs> I was thinking of Shayna. I was thinking of like, yeah, I thought well, no, I, was, I was just thinking of Shayna. That's the only wrestler I could think of at the time, but I was like hoping off chance, very unlikely it'll be Shayna Baszler, but it could be. I was like, come on, please. Alexa Bliss comes out hot off the heels of her match with Eva Marie <laughs> at SummerSlam, the star-studded affair. And with Lily in hand as well. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? I'm like, what is this going to be? Like, this is like two the worst. Like two people who I associate with, like, peak Raw. Peak, yeah. like, put my finger on the circle and swipe it across the screen. Raw. <laughs> They're now head to head. I'm like, I, like... the the problem is this should be good like Alexa Bliss can put on a good match Charlotte can put on a good match I should be buzzing for that match you know what I mean but because there's so much all the supernatural lily bollocks like it's gonna be awful and um, I'm dreading every second of this now I really really am I I wanna I'd love to turn around and be like oh we'll see how it plays out but how often do we say that with WWE we'll see how it plays out and it doesn't play out they don't think any further than the week ahead and it's just shy um uh, it's bad, it's bad. And it's crazy because this is my final point. Yeah, no, thank fuck. It's my final point. Summer <laughs> Slam after raw, that used to be like the mania after raw. That used to be Summer's Mania after Raw. That was like that was a banger. Wait, no, mania raw after mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was it was a banger. You know, we had NXT call-ups, excitement, things were happening, things were changing. You know, it it really established itself as a moment to look forward to. Um and this this was not something to look forward to. <laughs> Nobody was a show bad for the reasons I've outlined for the last four hours. But (laughs) also, like, it also gives me nothing to look forward to. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm intrigued. I will watch it. Look, I'll always give the reality is, I will always give WWE a watch. I always will. As bad as it gets, it could be the dirt, dirt, dirt worst. Even NXT UK, I will always follow it. I'll always give it a watch because I know wrestling is just my life. I'm consumed by it, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'll watch it for no reason other than satisfy my curiosity and to give you something to talk about. Um, but, you know, and again, I want it to be good. I'm not one of these people who, like, wants Raw to be shit. I do genuinely want it to be good and I will give it credit. Like, I love everything MVP and Lashley related and there is something good, albeit unintentional, but good, coming from later on that is on the Raw side of things. Um, but I-, I can't say that it's good when it's not. It's really bad, and as what what was Jimmy say here? If this is Keaton's meltdown after one raw, (laughs) next couple of months will be fun. No, they won't. They'll be very (laughs) bad. (laughs) Jimmy, it's gonna be awful. But yeah, thank you for giving me the platform to uh, express myself because I'm not putting that shit on fucking Twitter. Amazing, amazing. Worth waiting the
0: month. uh, We do extra week for. I love it. That's why he took his ball and went. It is. I don't regret it. I don't regret it. We got him back, and that's what we were waiting for. Amazing stuff, Keaton. I think you need to be cheered up. So let's talk about some good wrestling. Let's talk. About uh the positive from the week because it's time for Mexico! Mexico! right keen. We're gonna give you a break. Psych in at number five. Let's talk about impact. <laughs> I was gonna go for a piss, but I just saw that it's impact next, so I guess I'm gonna have to myself.
1: Um impact, yes. Yeah, so obviously, this was a big, big week in wrestling because impact had its emergence pay-per-view. Um, i don't think anything else anything else really happened that was that big of a deal but impact had its uh, big moment in the sun um before I talk about emergence i will say um i will mention their weekly show um wait a minute did they don't have, they don't have a name for their weekly show do they, they don't have, like it's not impact dynamite or impact raw or no, just it's impact.
0: impact just yeah. impact
1: and the promotions impact yeah
0: so, ah, impact yeah. impact
1: it's impact impact all right Uh, impact wrestling presents impact (laughs) wrestling yeah yeah yeah. that's all right i have no problem with that but anyway um on on impact they had christian make his return and i really liked it i really like seeing christian get his moment in the sun Um, i don't believe i was here i took my ball and went home the week uh he won (laughs) the title and i want to say that was excellent on AEW's part i think um my biggest criticism of Christian since signing with AEW, and it is more kind of a unfortunate kind of circumstance just because so much is happening, that he's been kind of overshadowed. Just And it would be Christian, wouldn't it? Story of his fucking career, he ends up getting overshadowed again, even in his fucking resurgence at the very end, which is unfortunate because he is excellent. But um, all these things were happening around him, and he just didn't feel important, and they fucking nailed it. First Rampage back, first match, wasn't it? Mm. Um for the impact title. And the reason that's really good is because I didn't think he was gonna win it. Even with the impact title on the line, I didn't see them having Kenny lose by pinfall. Um even under the circumstances. So I was like, uh, but if if they do, that's cool because what they did was they gave him something that made him feel important, a world title, and it is a world title, it's just not theirs, but um well, that made him feel important in one world, in this world, the impact world, the world that he has been in before. He's the fucking man again, and he gets to return. And he's a former NWA champion um, when it was sort of basically TNA's world title, but he was never a TNA world champion himself uh, under their belts, under their lineage. So it's really, really cool to see him get that moment. I think he absolutely deserves it. I'm a big Christian fan, like everyone. Um so he comes out, cuts his promo, throws up the double C's for Christian Cage, which makes me very nostalgic. Because I'm pretty sure the first person I ever saw when I laid eyes on TNA for the first time may have been Christian. I think it was him no getting slapped. I think it was him getting 3D'd through a glass table by uh, Team 3D. Uh, I think that's what it was. Team nice. 3D. That's such a fucking weird name when you think about it now. <laughs> well, I didn't like that. That's just what I, I used to. I used to call them Team 3D instead of the Doddies. That's what I was used to. Anyway, um... Yeah, so he comes out and and this is what I like, right? He has the Impact World Championship over one shoulder and the TNA World Championship over the other. If you don't know basically how that came to be, um, this is hey, man, this is ages ago now. This might be even a year ago. That's crazy to think about, um, because it's just sort of always been there. I never really thought about how long ago it's been. Um, Moose, um, he basically he, the Impact Champion at the time. I'm trying to think who it was. Was it Tessa Blanchard maybe or Eddie Edwards or someone along those lines. Um. Moose wasn't the champion anyway, but he did the whole sort of uncrowned, I am the uncrowned champion, you know that sort of shite Um, and he went and he brought back the TNA world title from back when they were called TNA, Mm. the old belt really nice looking belt as well, great lineage and he was like, this is mine and I crowned myself as a champion and it wasn't respected as an actual title run, but it was really good at the time, you know what I mean, And, and he brought it back, it was interesting bit of a laugh, then he had a unification match with the Impact world champion who ended up being at the time Rich Swan. So it was Rich Swan versus Moose, title versus title, and Rich Swan won it. And he had both belts. But Rich Swan never vacated the TNA title. He sort of just kept going with the two belts for one championship, right? Then Kenny Omega beat Rich Swan. So now Kenny Omega has two belts for one championship. Then Christian beats Kenny Omega. And now he's got two belts for one championship. And I kinda fucking hate. Two belts for one championship. It's a thing I don't. It was at the start, I got it. At the start, I got it, and I thought it was a really good storyline the way they they brought Moose. You know, again, it gave him something to do and gave him a way of feeling important. And it was was entertaining. It was funny. It was, it was killed, right? But it really did run its course. I didn't, I didn't really like seeing the two belts representing one on AEW I, kinda, I was like I don't know why I don't know what my reasoning behind it is yeah. but I feel like if somebody's a belt collector I want them to earn all their belts you know what I mean yeah. little nerdy thing but I'm just kind of like I don't know it's, it's personal preference right um so Christian comes out long story short he says look this title here the TNA world title it represents the past I think we should respect the past and I'm going to retire the title and I, thought, I just think he, if there was anybody to retire the, the TNA title, I'd love I'd love for it to be a TNA original to start, you know, like Christian. You know what I mean? Mm. Somebody who had to leave for several years and come back. I think that's a really, really, it was the mm. best way to to retire the TNA title. And I thought that was a really, really good move. Nice. On to their event then, Emergence, that was on like Friday. Again, I think it was probably the most important thing that happened that night. They had a number one match. <laughs> I won't mention the main event. The main event was Christian Cage versus Brian Myers, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins.
0: For the impact world title, but like that was supposed to be Omega against him, and they have a they have they have history together, but like then obviously Christian won the belt, and then it's like a meaningless, random, seeming match to pay-per-view. Like Omega incredibly. and Omega and Myers. Apparently, they've history. I don't know what it is, but apparently they've history together. Yeah, that would make a lot
1: more sense. I'm not gonna yeah. lie.
0: I wasn't yeah. really into Brian Myers <laughs> winning it
1: number one contendership anyway, but I assume look if they're gonna have a long title run. And there's gonna be there's gonna be contenders that lose along the way. Yeah, fuck it, you know, it is what it is. Um and I'm also Brian Myers is entertaining me a little bit with his with his protege and things like that. It's not I'm never probably not gonna put it in this is awesome again or anything like that. So I'm gonna mention now it's pretty 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 decent. Um anyway, I had a normal contenders match. It was a good match. I don't really remember who was in a Big scramble, you know, that type of stuff. The winner, though, was Ace Austin. And I've backed Ace Austin here on the show before. I won't get into it again. Excellent wrestler. I'm delighted to see him get a title shot. Would have preferred to see Austin versus Omega, but Austin versus Christian would still be a laugh. Could still be, possibly, mm-hmm. Omega versus uh, Austin. I mean, I. Uh, I don't know if they've announced it yet, but are they going to do a winner take all at, um, <laughs> winner take all? I laugh whenever I say that now because I think of, uh, OTC. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, are they going to do winner take all at, um, all in for both belts, or is it just for the AEW title there or what? Uh,
0: I think that's just for the AEW title and they're going to give Christian a run with the Impact Championship.
1: Ah, uh, I, I would
0: have prepared, I would have preferred personally if it was, uh, Title versus
1: title. They could,
0: they could still like Dynamite is tonight, and and they have.
1: A week yeah, they and probably a half, will. So, but, yeah. but they haven't announced It's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. So we don't know. Um, hopefully it is Omega. Just because like I feel like it is Impact kind of. I feel like they they need to have somebody to dethrone Omega. That's, uh, for you know. I, I just think it's it's the right way to tell the story. This in my opinion. Yeah. But Ace Austin won. He's gonna have a banging match out of it. I really do uh, respect Ace Austin. He's an excellent wrestler. I love him the bits. However, the match at night at Emergence was for the exhibition title it was josh alexander versus jake something uh two big lads two hard-hitting lads um usually i used to always have this thing where i never liked when the exhibition title was held by somebody who wasn't flippy because i'm like that's the flippy division you know what i mean i want to see people flip but josh alexander man he's put that to bed he's not a flippy wrestler he's he's powerful he's hard-hitting he's technical he's everything he's just i fucking love josh alexander man he's genuinely one of my absolute favorite wrestlers in the world mm. right now um Jake something also very underrated in his own right, pretty decent. He was a part of the Deaners for a while, who are kind of like the Armstrongs, but not as good as the Armstrongs. So I wasn't really big into the Deaners, but both, both members of the Deaners are doing something better now. Um, Jake something is just sort of doing his, the same thing he does in the Indies. He's just resting. He's Jake something. Doesn't sound very interesting, but it is. He's good, right? And they had a big back and forth match anyway, right? And um, at one point, my favorite part of the match was when uh, Josh Alexander goes to hit him with a German suplex. And he clenches his, you know, when they, when they keep the the wrist, you know, after they they hit somebody with German, they keep the wrist in front of the waist, like locked mm. in for another one. So he does it the first time, and you're like, oh, it's still locked in, no way. And Jake something's fucking big, You know. What I mean this isn't easy. Like he does the second one, you're like, oh, no way, Cool. And then but his hands are still clasped around the front to Jake something. So he goes for a third one, and you're like, oh shit, you know, crowd are going, what well, is this, Daddy? Rolls over again, still clasped together. It's like, oh shit, goes for a fourth German suplex, and then he goes for a cover. One, two, Jake something kicks out. But Josh Alexander's hands are still clasped around him. His wrist is still, you know, controlling his wrist, you know, still has him in the German suplex position. Goes for another one. And they're like, right, that's probably it then. No, goes for another one. <laughs> Long story short, he does 10 in a fucking row. Nice. It was just gas, it was so kill, cool, man. I, I genuinely I love both of these wrestlers so much, man. Impacts impact's roster right now. I'm a really big fan of Impact at the minute have done a fucking unbelievable job of keeping themselves relevant. They are definitely the number three promotion in America, and that is not an insult. That's a that's a compliment. But mm-hmm. so if you look at Ring of Honor, for example, did you know Ring of Honor had um a pay-per-view this weekend, this past weekend? Two nights, no world titles shots, everything. I, I couldn't oh I couldn't even find it on Watch Wrestling. I, I have I have two sites. I got Watch Wrestling and I got another site. It's like my emergency site for if I can't find what I want to see in Watch Wrestling and it wasn't on that
0: either
1: (laughs) it was nowhere to be found and it's like it's that irrelevant right now there's quite clearly a wwe versus alliance type situation you know what i mean in wrestling and ring of honor are on in neither camp and it's kind of like you're very you know like you have the talent to be where impact are but you're not you're so out in the wilderness like i I have to watch impact or ring of honor now after this and i'm not even like really excited for it because even though the roster is good it's just so like everything feels really unimportant you know what i mean Whereas Impact, even during this weekend, I made time for Impact because I was like, look, their shows are decent. They deliver now. They've got a good roster and uh, they're benefiting hugely from the relationship with uh, AEW. So I I just I'm a big fan of Impact right now. They're really winning me back. Love Josh Alexander.
0: And uh, I'm now going to go and piss. And even <laughs> even GCW is is kind of staying relevant this weekend. Like, so I'd even put them ahead of Ring of Honor at the moment. In at number four, uh, let's talk about AEW. Uh No, we're not going to talk about that moment in at number four. Don't worry, guys. We're going to talk about Dynamite from last week, which... Man, in any other week, this would be number one because this was an excellent episode of Dynamite. They got it so right, and AEW just feels like they've got swagger. They feel so confident right now. First thing I want to start off with, Katie, this might be a surprise to you. I enjoyed a Sting match in 2021. Sting made his return to TNT after 21 years away, and they made that into a big deal. Like He was tagging with uh, Darby Allen, of course, against 2.0. Um and, like, they built it around it being Sting's big comeback to TNT. And with that as well, it was a really good match. They had a, a two – like, so they started the show – with uh, Moxie and Kingston like making an entrance, and then in that entrance you had 2.0 and Danny Garcia attack Moxie and Kingston um, and then they got on the mic and they're like, no, we're, we want our match because they were supposed to be resting Sting, we want them to happen now, they had a big fuck-off brawl that protected Sting perfectly and didn't show up as limitations, so they just brawled all around the arena, you had Kingston then come back out, get involved to get rid of Garcia, and even up the number so it wasn't three and two uh, then you had Sting do cool shit, which Again, like I could call this cheesy if I wasn't in the right mood, but I wasn't the right mood. And they did this well. Like they did, they at one stage powerbomb Sting through a table, but then Sting just stood up and no sold it completely. And it was just like, okay, I'm getting into it. Like, this is working. Because everything is so well uh, rested and flowing so well, I don't mind that. Um, Then you had Derby du- dru- double drop kicked them into getting a double reverse DDT. So Sting caught both of them in a double reverse DDT, put them both in a double Scorpion deadlock. And it was like, Katie, if you haven't seen this match, you need to watch it. It is pure WCW nostalgia throwback. Like, it is for the Monday Night Draw. It it's for the Katie Harveys out there. It's a match built <laughs> for you. Do you know what I mean? If you want to relive the Nitro days for one night only with a hot crowd, that is the match you need to go see. It was really, really entertaining. They had uh, American top team owner from MMA, Dan Lambert, back. And he cut another hot promo, um, this time flanked by Andre Arlovsky and Junior Dos Santos. Um, and here's the thing. Dan Lambert may be the best heel promo guy of 2021, he is fantastic at cutting promos. He's got this new anti-cancel culture gimmick and he's playing up that whole thing. I don't know if you saw this week that John Cleese is coming out and doing like a documentary on cancel culture and stuff like that. And he's Oh very, no. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's John Cleese continuing to kind of ruin himself. Dan Lambert's character is pretty much that. He's John Cleese, but he gets that that makes him a heel. He understands everything implicitly and he knows how to milk it up and, and like get the most out of the crowd in a way that not even Paul Heyman is operating at this level like it's phenomenal to see someone from outside resting understand resting and promo so completely and nail it um even in this like he kind of pointed out the last time when he got attacked by Lance Archer in his last appearance in AEW um he wasn't able to have the American top team guys uh, interfere but now he's got clearance from his buddy Dana White so now he's there and Lance Archer to come out and Archer comes out then eventually and answers the call now he gets attacked in the end by uh uh Ethan Cage and Scorpio Sky uh, but they're shades of like Pete Rose against Kane from back in the in the net, late 90s um, where it's like just this little like target for like Kane to beat all the time and Pete Rose has an ego himself so he just keeps coming back and getting hit with more punishment but Dan Lambert is absolutely fantastic he is such a great find for AEW and I really really want to see more So I just I
1: no, I don't mean sorry to interrupt him jump in, love Dan Lambert man yeah. I fucking love him he uh I did something like this with Impact a few years ago, and I just remember it was—I've been like so blown away by it because a lot of MMA people, it's very wrestling split. People in MMA, you get a lot of people who are like, you know, wrestling's fucking shite It's like what we do, but fake. But when you get somebody from, from the MMA world who like loves wrestling and they get involved, like Dan, man, Dan Lambert is just per- and Andre Arlovsky yeah, yeah, man, Andre Arlovsky I fucking, I love that man. I love. We I get just- it.
0: He, oh, gets so it. cool. it's so he cool. just gets it. You're just watching it and you're like, you are locked in. Um, I want to call out the Young Bucks against Jurassic Express. and This is getting a bit of a bit of stick for people saying there's too many near falls. And well, look, Phil Boyd would hate this match. And I, <laughs> I, I get it and I see it. And usually I would agree when the Young Bucks get like this, where like there's 50 near falls in a match. It can be a lot. But for me, this match was excellent. And it made sense in this case what this match was about was it was the Jurassic Express that built their way up. Obviously you've got Christian wrestling Kenny Omega in the main event of all out. You've got the Jurassic Express have a like a mutual respect with Christian based off uh, jungle boy beating Christian in the casino battle Royale at double or nothing. Uh, So they've kind of teamed up against the elite Um, and Jurassic Express are also on a win run where they're, they're number one contenders. Um, what this was to do was to establish the elite uh, after they'd suffered a big loss with Omega losing the impact championship the weekend before as an unbeatable army, but Jurassic express as almost able to overcome them. Jurassic express had to lose this because this was both setting up the tag team and heavyweight belts for all out. And Omega, like I said, took a big L to Christian the week before. So we needed a big win for the elite here. while not at the same time, killing Jurassic express or Christian, um, This was fantastic because there were times where you're like, it was, just a, it was just a sprint, and it was like the numbers game, like Jurassic Park did it, Jurassic Express did it so well, where they were just like beat up like Brandon Cutter and Nakazawa, and they just get Nick Jackson out of the ring, and then they pin Matt Jackson, and you're like, they definitely have it, and, and Nick Jackson just come back and break up the pin, and the numbers game just kept overwhelming them, but they just kept getting close enough, and you felt, fuck, if they could just get three seconds to themselves, but also it made the Young Bucks look so experienced as a tag team and that they were always there thwarting the the babyface team. It made everyone in the match look amazing and I am dying for the rematch. They're doing a mini tag tournament that they started on Rampage. It probably is going to be the Jurassic Express. It should be and it's going to be excellent and I really hope they win it all out as well. because you, you believed that and you wanted it by the end. So even if you weren't hot in this feud by the start, they got you into it. The last thing I want to call out is MJF against Jericho in the fifth labor of Jericho. Uh, with the stipulation for this being if Jericho wins, he gets MJF at all out. But Jericho couldn't use the Judas effect or use Judas as an entrance. And don't get me wrong, the the way they went about this was a a little bit cheesy and manufactured by AEW as they spent the entire week beforehand on social media absolutely begging fans to learn the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were literally like, these are the lyrics. Please learn them. Please learn them. We need this to work. <laughs> but having said that, when it happened, it was almost hard not to smile and get goosebumps as Jericho made his entrance. And the cry- crowd sang him to the ring word for word. Um, look, the match was what it was. I've spoken about Jericho as a baby face. I don't think... Like, his, his, you could cover his shortcomings and the fact that he's in his 50s as a heel because that was part of the gimmick. But as a babyface, he just doesn't have it as a wrestler. So the match was never going to be great. He can't have classics anymore. And, you know, it was the third all-out match now that AEW is previewing by having the match and giving it away on TV beforehand. So it's a WWE trope, and I really think they really need to keep away from it. Uh, But even if they're getting away with it for now, but what I have to say is, the result of this match was, of course, the stipulation is Jericho gets MJF in a week and a half at All Out, if he wins, so naturally he lost. MJF won this match, and it's now about... Fuck, all of that was for nothing. How do we go back to it? Obviously, Jericho's going to figure out a way and they'll, they'll come to a conclusion. But I like the little left turn at the end. I like AW are great for just doing that little thing. And again, it's like Corporate Keen said earlier, it's not rocket science. It's just like everyone's expecting Jericho to win here. So we'll just take a little left turn and it'll just drag the story out a little bit longer and keep it interesting. So I like that. It kept us on our toes. Really, really good. Uh, Katie Harvey, just doing a, a wellness check on you. Are you uh, just to confirm, are you still here? here are you still on with us <laughs> yes
2: i am i as i as you can see i'm in my rocking chair just enjoying listening to you all well,
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> katie i i apologize it feels like uh, a few days since we've checked in with you so if you'd like to tell us what you thought was good and what you enjoyed about your first takeover covering nxt
2: there was just so much wrestling this week and like I haven't been talking, but I still actually watched a lot of wrestling. I just didn't watch all of the wrestling to comment <laughs> on what you are talking about. Um but I did watch TakeOver. Um and it's it's I, I'm I'm gonna talk about like three things. Uh the first thing is the smaller thing. Kaylee Ray is now on American NXT and I am fucking delighted. Yes. Um like one thing I've noticed about NXT, even after a few weeks, is I feel like their women's division doesn't have a lot of depth. Um, I feel like it's it's kind of, it's a weird mix of like really, really new girls. And then like girls who have been around a long time, but don't have a strong name, if that's fair to say. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's a bit of a hodgepodge of who they have signed to their women's division. And if you're looking for someone who can kind of like be your locker room leader and kind of just like get a good match out of everyone and just bring up the general standard of a division, like Kaylee Ray is your person. You know what I mean? She, she is your go to. That's what she's been doing in Europe for the last 10 years. You know what I mean? She's been literally like companies bring her in to like bring up the standard of their women's division because she can work with anyone and she's fantastic and it's going to be so fresh having her she came in at the end of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai's uh, women's title match and uh, I wasn't expecting it like it was a, it was a proper genuine pop I was like oh my god Kaylee Ray like she's American NXT you now, and um, so I'm really really excited to see what they're going to do with her on that like so I think every match is a dream match with her in it Um and then I want to talk about two matches in particular that I absolutely loved. I actually enjoyed like the bulk of TakeOver, which I shouldn't be surprised at because I do generally enjoy TakeOver. Mm. But like, I absolutely adored LA Knight and Cameron Grimes. And this, to me, this is the perfect wrestling opener. You know what I mean? It wasn't super flashy. It wasn't over wrestled. It was just two lads who've got great chemistry. They've got a great story going into this. They've got a great look. And like everything just clicked in the match for me you know what I mean Ted DiBiase at ringside had like little nice moments stuff like that you know and it's it, it was just I was it was just it was just a great match it was a great way to kick off takeover and I think sometimes I go into NXT apprehensive because a lot of the time the matches aren't my style that I love like again we've mm. talked about like your Adam Coles and your Kyle O'Reilly's so like for me this is a little bit kind of more more old school and storytelling orientated and it's just it was it was right up my alley you know what i mean i watched Takeover over phil he absolutely adored this match as well we made a joke about not enjoying young books matches like he was proper popping for this match you know what mm. i mean um so like i can't i can't believe you ever slagged off cameron grimes i mean i i'm astounded i'm expecting i'm expecting keen to do a similar u-turn on damian priest in you know the coming <laughs> months <laughs> uh but like yeah, he's 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 really good. Uh they're both really, really good. So I'm I'm very excited about that part of NXT.
0: I've, me, I I want to say, I want to say, I have been repping this feud since the very start of it. I like this feud is what turned me around on Cameron Grimes. <laughs> and whoever put these two together deserves a raise because you would never, ever look at the roster and say him and him. And yet it's been one of the best. It's one of the best things in NXT, if not the best running thing on NXT throughout the year. Like it has held NXT together at a time when the show was literally falling apart. So amazing stuff. And I was so happy that they got to finish with an absolute bang they deserve it and such good good cool credit to both of the guys and
2: i putting Ted DiBiosti into the mix as well because I mean like I feel like he actually added to it and it wasn't like you know sometimes when they add Ric Flair's storylines, and it's to add Rick Flair to a storyline to have Rick yeah. Ric Flair present in the storyline I felt like he his involvement made sense and it was appreciated and I feel like you know I, I feel like it, it popped people who like remember him but I feel like it wasn't out of place for maybe someone who's never seen Ted DiBiase before I felt like they they got who he was and what his character was and what his role was in this entire thing which is really nice to see because he does have a fairly timeless character you know what I mean um
0: But even so, so, with with the way that they introduced Ted DiBiase, they introduced it to Cameron Grimes watching old clips of Ted DiBiase. Do you know what I mean? And then trying to recreate it and getting it wrong. Like, it was so effortlessly done. And do you remember even, like, when we were talking about that, I'm like, I I hope this pays off somewhere because this is really good. I hope they actually are going somewhere with this. Holy shit. It was one of the best storylines WWE has done all year. One of the, like... Only coherent storylines they managed to pull off from start to finish. It's just worked and gotten better and made sense and and, and delivered at every stage. So fantastic stuff. Yeah, completely agree.
2: Yeah, I I I loved it. Like a very like uh, it was such a such a good kickoff to the show, but like it was not match of the night for me. Match of the night was absolutely without a doubt Dragon of a Walter. Um obviously I've been covering NXT for the past while and when this match originally happened on NXT, I think it was in front of no crowd. Like, I was like, you need to watch this match. Like, this match is unbelievable. Mm. I am so happy they brought it to America and put it in front of a crowd. This was even better than the first one. And, like, look, was there too much in it? Yes. Was it unbelievable? Yes. Was it deadly? Yes. (laughs) 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 Like, you know what I mean? It was like, you give them the stage to show them what they can do. And, like, they smashed it. You know what I mean? It's, It's like... They're they're so good. Like I've been talking about Ilya Dragunov and I love like this kind of like um this rage character he has that like there'll just be something, something that sets him off, you know what I mean? He always comes across as a little bit unhinged and a little bit on edge, and then just that one thing, and it might be a chop to the back, it might be a disrespectful slap, but there's something that triggers him. and like it's literally everyone should watch him for how to flip a switch in intensity. He is so, so good at it. And then with Walter like unbeatable monster across so many promotions like usually I would get pissed off someone like Walter getting taken off their feet straight away in a match or like you know giving up that much in a match but it completely made sense here like it didn't seem contrived it seemed very very believable that Elia Dragunov was able to do all this Was able to make Walter kick out um Or was able to like get Walter for all these moves and stuff. And I just feel like the two of them have probably wrestled each other so much and they just have that bond that you sometimes have with another wrestler where you're just like, I trust you. Like, I trust you not to fuck me up. So let's just go all in. Like, you know what I mean? I definitely got the vibe they had that chat in the changing room. They were just Mm -hmm. like, fuck it we'll be friends no matter what happens you know what I mean because <laughs> Ilya Dragunov was in bits after that match <laughs> between his eyebrow his chest his back like oh my god actually looked like he'd, he'd been through a war And um, but it's it's one of my favorite matches this year that I've seen full stop um I don't know what else to say I don't know. I just thought it was incredible and I it, for me it was the of takeover what I do feel bad for is Americans who watch that And then thought, oh, my God, NXT must be really good. (laughs) NXT UK. (laughs) And they've now tuned in every week (laughs) to see, like... (laughs) I know, look, there is good stuff, but you're not getting matches of that quality on NXT UK regular programming. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, they definitely know how to switch on for takeover matches. Mm. Like, they, they, when they have to do the big matches, everyone in NXT UK does them right. You know what I mean? Mm. Um. You know, like so I I loved it. One thing I missed was um a big tag match on Takeover. Yeah. I felt like there wasn't kind of like a big flagship tag match or whatever, but like yeah, I I just I just thought those two matches are incredible and well worth
0: watching. I think takeovers in general, it was a nice kind of, I think we were kind of like, oh, this is going to be weird. We're going to a smaller show after the highs of SummerSlam and then CM Punk. But actually, I think worked. It was like a nice little kind of, you know, cool down show after the weekend, but I had enough good stuff on it. Uh, wh- what's going to be interesting is I'm really looking forward to Keen reviewing Raw over the next few weeks, but I'm also thinking that you've taken over NXT. It's such an interesting time because Nick Khan on the Ariel Helwani interview you spoke about already, like basically confirmed that he's like NXT is going to do have a complete revamp over the next few weeks. So you'll get to like call this brand new brand, whatever it is and whatever kind of comes of it. Who knows? Maybe they'll go back to what you're looking for. Maybe they'll go back to the old days. Uh, embrace their roots. Uh, who knows? But I'm looking forward to seeing how you react to it. I think that's going to be brilliant. So uh, thanks for taking over TakeOver. And I think as well... Um, like, you know, a lot of people saying that that could be the series finale of, of kind of NXT as we know it. So interesting times ahead. And I look forward to hearing your coverage as we go on. In the number two, let's talk about SummerSlam, the positive.
1: Uh, Saturday. That's positive, number one. And he, I think, honestly, I don't give a fuck, man. Every wrestling pay-per-view should be on a Saturday. There's no yeah. reason for fucking Sunday pay-per-views. I'd give them, like, takeover on Sunday, considering, you know, it's a weekend of shows. I can understand that. But if you can choose any day of the week, don't fuck over the Europeans, you know what I mean? Come on, like, Saturday, it works. It, it, odds are it works for more people, you know what I mean? That's just the way I see it. Um, Match at night, anyway. Well, kind of, yeah. Edge versus Seth Rollins, right? Fucking banger. I did not give this, th- I did not give this match the respect that it deserved when, mm. um, when it was announced. Like, no, when it was announced, like, I was, I was excited for it. I was kind of like, all right, it'll be kind of cool. But then when I got closer to SummerSlam, this was the least hyped SummerSlam in history. Genuinely, if I wasn't watching every week, I wouldn't even be aware that it was on. <laughs> it's like in the Ring of Honor pay-per-view in that sense. In fairness, that was mainly because of like the CM Punk stuff. Um, But a lot of it was just down to the fact that, I don't know, even looking at the card going in, I wasn't really that excited. But I should have been for this one. I really should have been for Edge and Seth Rollins. This was... Man. So, I'll start with the entrance. I said the segment on SmackDown was shite, but it led to something cool. And what it led Ah. to was a kill throwback entrance with Edge Ah. coming out to the Bruise team. Ah, it's so cool. It's so, so cool, man. Honestly, um, I just... I don't even know what to say about it. It was just great. I know everybody was probably waiting to pop for his fucking... uh, you know, for his his
0: usual theme, but like it's it's just cool to see, um, amazing, amazing stuff. Like, no, can we just get take a second, guys? Can we just take second? How cool is this song? Oh my god! Does he say "me rev" there? I always wondered that. Do you know, like Irish. Uh, possibly, yeah. Wow, banger. <laughs> There we go. I just wanted to listen to this bit. Okay, no, I won't listen to the whole song, I promise. Sorry, apologies.
2: (laughs) I can't can't hear anything you're playing, so that was just a really weird moment for me where you were like, guys, guys, let's just think about it. And then there was silence. (laughs) And it just just looked to me like you were just reflecting on the moment, like thinking back on it.
0: (laughs) I really hope that that was just a Katie Harvey experience and not everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So... John says, "How many of us want to want him to keep the entrance? That would be amazing. Just as an intro for Meddlingus, because you got to keep Meddlingus as well." Um. So, the, the
1: the story of the match basically was Edge avoiding, trying to avoid getting his neck broken by a curb stomp. Um. I just thought they did it perf- like to perfection. I just thought the match was excellent, lots of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I like how they didn't just do like Edge gets curb stomped and kicked out at two. He actually did avoid getting curb stumped. Uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, which which I liked, um, and I'm just, I know I'm just thinking about order. You see, the reason I wrote this match off is because in my head I was just like, Edge old, Rollins young, so Edge loses. I just my brain wasn't thinking like, well, I mean he's a full time member of the roster. He's had banging matches since he started showing up, um, and and Rollins, you know, love him or hate him, as a wrestler he is one of the best, like, in WWE, um, and yeah, and I also loved Edge using the gloves. <laughs> loved it yeah loved I'm, it. I'm normally against it but i just like you know people using their like real life partners moves i just I, I don't know it normally normally it's not really pulled off that well but i thought it was really cool this time i was like this is actually deadly um
2: i tried to gift Bill the uh the gory bomb for titanic at the weekend and he said no thanks So <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know what that means <laughs>
0: i think it has been pretty clear like <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it is it is what it is, it is. but um yeah if it wasn't for Ilya walter this would probably be my match of the weekend it was definitely match of the night and there's like not like i do have my own personal match of the night but that's for funny reasons um, and <laughs> this is like legitimate like this was so so good i was such a big fan of it it definitely lived up to the hype in my opinion um anything you just want to say about it
0: no i agree with everything that's- you said just really for, really good stuff for,
2: for me this is the the match I've wanted from Edge since he came back you know what I mean for me this was the Edge match he's had good matches since he's come back but for me this was like this This is what I wanted to see like I felt very vindicated watching this match being such a big Edge stand for the last <laughs> 20, 20 years <laughs>
0: Yeah, just also as well with the entrance and all the kind of throwbacks and stuff and the celebration of his career, and then him just getting to have a singles match like that, a big, like, fuck-off, amazing singles match in front of fans. He has waited 18 months for that. Because I know he wrestled in front of the fans at WrestleMania, but it's a triple threat match where the focus is on putting over Roman Reigns. This is an edge match, a celebration of edge in front of fans. It's what we've been waiting for since he came back at the Rumble, and that's nearly two fucking years ago now. So, delighted for him, and delighted it worked as well as it did. Yeah, Edge is back, and I was really, really happy with it. Um,
1: But it wasn't my match of the night. No, my match of the night. Well, no, oh it is God. this one. It is this one. It, it is the other world title match, uh, not Reigns and Cena. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. This, as somebody who absolutely adores Bobby Lashley and absolutely adores MVP, I love this because Goldberg comes out, right? And the crowd were relentless <laughs> the crowd did not hold back they were like there was no nostalgia pops no nothing they were like this is an old wrinkly fuck of a human being getting <laughs> out of the ring people were rooting so far against them and on the flip side that meant they were rooting for lashley and they were getting we were getting mvp chants on the biggest stage i'm like yeah go on man he's like my favorite part of wwe so That was really, really cool. This match is so funny because when you imagine how they probably thought it was going to go putting it together like the reaction-wise versus how it actually played out, it is so funny. Like there was one point where like, Bobby Lashley is down in the corner and Goldberg sets up for the spear. And people are just like, boo! <laughs> boo! And then like as Goldberg goes for the spear, MVP pulls Lashley out of the ring and everyone's like, way! And then Goldberg gets out with a ring, runs around the corner and spears him and everyone's like, "ah." <laughs> <laughs> it was just the funniest fucking match, right? But this isn't even the best part. Then MVP just clatters Goldberg's leg when the ref isn't looking and he's like, Oh, I can't stand oh I've fallen. Oh, I can't stand oh I've fallen again and the re- rest, like, oh why is
0: Goldberg an elderly man like trying to get up off his like seat? Like Why oh, can't Rick. stand,
1: oh, he's can't old. stand. that's that's the sit. that is where he's at. Like genuinely, he didn't look even when he was wrestling before that, like when he when he was when he was wrestling in this match, he didn't look like he belonged there. He looked very out of his depth, I felt. And it, it reminds me of um, Jonathan says uh, Goldberg has polio, Passed it on. I don't think he does, I think he's just old, but um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just it, it almost if it wasn't for last year, I think we could have got another like Goldberg Undertaker style match, you know what I mean? But um, I look at this anyway, and uh, yeah, so Goldberg couldn't get up, the referee ends it, and it's like, okay, wow, excellent, delighted. This is this oh. is a banging match, I've no idea why this was considered like again, like I, lo- I, I love looking at WWE and thinking like. Like, did you think that was good? Like, what was the purpose? You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, I found it funny. I took something from it. And that's why it's in This Is Awesome. But the main reason it's in This Is Awesome is because of the post-match yes, uh, situation.
0: Agree completely with this. This made everything okay for me. This man, Lashley basically
1: gets a chair and decides to attack an elderly man. Um, This, obviously, attacking elderly men is very funny. And I think it's something that... (laughs) WWE, there isn't enough of it in WWE, if you ask me.
0: Or so the world in general.
1: Like. <laughs> Bobby Lashley goes and, like, clatters uh, Goldberg with a chair again and again and again. It's like, oh, what's... I thought we were going to get, like, a big sort of, like, you know, like a Brock Lesnar-esque kind of, like, you know, music hits, out comes someone. I couldn't think of who. But, no, we get um, a 15-year-old child with no music and no entrance whatsoever hops into the ring onto Lashley's back Lashy then grabs Goldberg's child, <laughs> throws him over his shoulder, rips him to shreds with the Hurt Lock, while the entire crowd went "Way!" <laughs> <laughs> and when this happened, right, genuinely, like, I watched this obviously, like you know, alone in my room. I'm like, it's, I don't tend to like make noise when I'm like watch it because I'm not going like "Yeah!" You know, like on my own. Like it's a bit weird. I just sort of go. Ha. When this happened, I genuinely went. <laughs> I'm fucking laugh at now. This is fucking laughed at everybody, like, this is like, you're Like and then MVP comes in when Goldberg's son is knocked out and he's he's fucking panicking. He's like, oh bollocks. He looks around and he's like, uh, 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 grabs the mic like Bobby Lashley had no idea, he had no way of knowing that was a kid. Um a, a, a new champion and then like runs out <laughs> and when i say this is one of the funniest things that wwe has done in years this may this may be my favorite like in terms of funny moments that wwe has ever done this yes for me, like just when you think AEW has the week by bringing in cm punk after seven years <laughs> wwe pull it straight back like this just had me in tears man you you turn this match like this is what i mean when i say that like Eva marie coming back right like the reason I was happy when Eva Marie was announced to be coming back is because I was expecting so bad it's good, but we didn't get it. We just got bad. We got mediocre, boring. Like what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? This is so bad it's good. This is the definition of so bad it's good. This has come full circle. I love it. Um, and I, I am looking forward to Lashley versus Goldberg at Saudi Arabia. I hope I hope Goldberg's <laughs> son gets involved again and MVP just. do
0: you know what I love as well though like I know you weren't here but Katie you'll know last week I made a point of saying Goldberg's son is a knob and like so like I could have had a go at this 15 year old child and then to see that 15 year old child get bashed I was like vindication (laughs) (laughs) man what is wrong with
1: us but uh like the bad thing about it is like this is the same kid that like remember like that was celebrating with Goldberg when he returned yeah, Where, when
0: Goldberg stripped him, like yeah, it was very it's the great. same kid. He's and had like, so many weird moments in wrestling. Like I, I, I saw a great to a start. Like I saw a great tweet from like Wrestleros, and it's like, "All right, Goldberg, your children have now seen you have eight bad matches. Can you stop, please?" <laughs> 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 that's pretty much what it is. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm glad kind of like the kid's kind of old
1: now and he gets wrestling, you know what I mean? Because if yeah. he was any younger, it'd be a bit kind of and, and let's call the Spade to Spade. He's just a shit hook anyway. Do you know what I mean? Gage is I, a shit hook. I think hook would bat him. But it is a, yeah. it, i think that that to me is like ten years from now, like the dream match. That's a WrestleMania even like, main
0: event, like you even know what I mean. AEW cross crossover, like
1: yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's the crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, finally, yes, finally our, our big, you know, Dublin's big moment I suppose, um, but it's a big moment for everyone Because obviously it's one of WWE's biggest stars Um, They played the video package For Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks Which is essentially the only match oh. that I was actually looking forward to Um, On paper, now obviously Edge and Seth Rollins delivered, but besides that I mean, that was the only kind of good match So I was like, alright, we'll see where this goes But it was rumoured the match wasn't going to go ahead But I assumed, yeah, played the video package yeah. You know, the match is going to go ahead Um, In the end we get an announcement after the video package saying, uh, yeah, Sasha Banks isn't cleared. So, uh, unlucky. But we got a replacement. Uh, It's it's Carmella. And Carmella comes out and I'm like, like, WWE got me so good here for the first, like, minute yeah. or two. I was like, "Amazing, you are so shit. I can't believe you'd fucking do this. you actually the <laughs> <even cubs> ever. <laughs> I was so angry. I was like, wow, yeah, really, really? Like, you, you kept it a secret and gave us this. This is your SummerSlam surprise. <laughs> but then the crowd started chatting for Becky, and I was like, oh, my God, yeah. Oh, this is what's happening.
0: Right. I guess you know it. who else got worked, though, as well? I pointed this out on Twitter. Dave Meltzer got worked. Dave Meltzer like put up and he's like, this is such a bad look for the company, and it's like started like like spitting fire, and it's like, cause I can tell when they brought out Carmela and the crowd turned on it. I'm like. They had to know. They had to know. I even tweeted, like, I I, I tweeted and I'm like, I think Bianca's probably going to kill Carmella in a few seconds and then Becky comes out. There's a payoff coming. They nailed this, though. It was so good.
1: <laughs> um, And Bianca ended up, uh, actually, you know that probably would have been better, to be honest. But yeah. um, then what happens instead was they have a square off and they, yeah, they lean into it. The crowd are chanting, Becky, Becky. And Bianca's pissed that she has to face Carmella as well. So I'm kind of like, right, come on. Go on, do it, do it. I'm like, and particularly with the week that's in it, I feel like they want to have a big moment of their own. So I'm kind of like, go on, do it, do it, do it. They hit the music, the crowd pop. Um, Becky comes out. It was a good moment. I was, I was really happy to see Becky after like all that time as well. She comes out and this is where things get a bit controversial. So obviously turns around, throws Carmella into the stairs. And then it's, it's you know, they have their, their stare down, they have their moments, pretty cool. And then she goes uh, Bianca into having a match. And uh, the bell rings. <laughs> Becky gets her straight away, slams her down. One, two, three. Crowder shocked as fuck. New champion. And a lot of people hated this. I went onto Twitter and I saw a lot of people weren't fans of this because they built up a lot with Bianca. And they feel like, you know, this is kind of, they kind of, you know, ruined what they built with Bianca. And they're saying, no, what's the point in getting invested in Bianca Belair or, or any of your new stars if you're just going to do that at the end of the day? I do see their points. I, I do like, I'm not going to say like, it's a dumb argument or like they're dead wrong i just feel differently because i love becky and to be honest i i haven't enjoyed how they've built up bianca at all after wrestlemania she's beaten carmela she's beaten selena they haven't built up anyone in that smackdown women's division so she's beaten complete no names with no sort of like oh are they gonna win are they gonna lose it i haven't enjoyed anything from her title run um becky comes out gets the squash win. I love surprise squash matches in wrestling. We, we never get them because it's kind of a difficult thing to do with wrestling because I feel like if you're, if you advertise a match, right, let's say a banging match like um, CM Punk versus Alistair Black we'll say, right? Um, if CM Punk was to beat Alistair Black in a one, two, three in, in five seconds, I'd love it initially because would be like, oh my God, well no, maybe not Alistair Black a shite example, but you get the idea, you know what I mean? Or like Lashley versus Priest, perfect, right? If that was like a three second squash, I'd be like, Deadly, you know what I mean. Great, and it'd be a big shock, a big surprise. But the problem isn't wrestling; is that you kind of, it, this doesn't apply here, but just in general, you kind of you advertise a match, and people have certain expectations where it's kind of like, okay, you're gonna, we're gonna see a. It's not MMA; we're gonna see a story. You know what I mean? And with a squash match, you kind of, you kind of roll them of that. I suppose if this is if it's an announced match, you know what I mean. And I'm kind of like, I understand. I I'd be happy with it, but I understand why other people wouldn't. Um, tag I me love, in.
0: Tag me in. <laughs> I love the squash. Yeah, I'm going to tag you in. Right, Well, what, what you say? <laughs> right. Uh, Keane's not going to say that you're talking shy. I'm saying you're talking shy. Okay, I was on Twitter and I said a few weeks ago and I pointed this out. It was the SmackDown when fans first came back and WWE got really hot. And whenever this happens on Twitter, there immediately starts to become a very bad faith agenda-based kind of narrative starts to play out. Whenever there's something that people really like about WWE in 2021, you will instantly have that contingent of Unfortunately, quite influential core opinion makers within wrestling who will instantly try and find any negative to push because they cannot deal with the fact that people are actually popping like they were for Becky. So this was like fodder to them. They fed it to them. But it's such a bad faith argument that makes absolutely zero sense. First off, was this a squash match? It was not okay? People, if they're calling this a squash match, like, no that's not what a squash match is. A squash match is when an opponent attacks someone, gives them their best shot the wrestler just goes, is that the best you got? No sells and beats the fuck out of them and removes any doubt whatsoever that that wrestler could ever beat them in a fight. Therefore that wrestler is completely squashed and cannot come back. They've been destroyed by that wrestler. This was not a squash match. This was a Dustin Poirier against Conor McGregor like three type situation where bianca just happened to get caught here and not only that but they were telling a story in the match okay bianca was not ready for this she was going out at the start of the match expecting carmela or expecting sasha to come out okay what happened then was carmela came out and bianca reflected the opinions of the crowd and she was like this is a bit shit then becky came out and sasha's face is expressing change and was like this is amazing Sasha, or sorry, Bianca then started to get caught up in the moment and then was like, Yeah, let's fucking do this the way the rest of the crowd were, to the point that she got distracted because she was preparing for a match with Sasha Banks, which is no small feat in itself. And instead, she's now facing one of the best ever in the ring across from her, Becky Lynch, on no notice. But because the moment is so cool, the fan in her is coming out and she's also much less experienced than Becky, who's a wily veteran who understands how to do this. Okay, what does Becky do straight? away she offers the hand and then when bianca goes to shake her hand she makes a rookie mistake you say that that's a heel turn for becky i don't know if it is i think that's kind of in cut like becky as as we've known her the man character she's never been a full on baby face. She'll cheat and she'll cut corners and she'll do things. Cause she can like, she's stone cold Steve Austin. She'll do whatever the fuck to, she can to get the job done. She hits her with the Neuronagi. She outsmarts her as, as the veteran, what this does. And the impact that this has is people are saying like, Oh, like Bianca, I was such a big fan of her. And this is where it's bad faith. Where? point to me your fucking tweets where you were saying how amazing Bianca Belair was as a champion you were not you were not like supporting her and this is like the same with Bray Wyatt a few weeks ago where people are like I was always a Bray Wyatt fan no you spent the past few years saying Bray Wyatt is shit and everything he does is shit on TV until he got released and you could make an anti WWE argument where you're pulling for him now all of a sudden okay here is the reality Bianca Belair and I'm a fan of hers by the way okay so hear me out on this. She was a bad SmackDown Women's Champion. I've been making this argument for a few weeks. The reason being because she hasn't had anything to do. Bianca Belair is at her best when she has a bite and an edge to her and she has a strong motivation to challenge someone and show that bite and show that edge which her having the belt completely removed because she didn't have any more motivation left because she'd done it. she topped the mountain. She did. She didn't have any reason to be angry or pissed off or show that fire that she has because she's been given everything that she ever dreamed of, this move and what happened with Becky, all of a sudden, for so people are like, "Well, just give us the match, just give us the match." No, you were never promised the match. Why would you give away a massive money match like that for free when you can build it up in a month and you can add a lot of heat to the match? It's like Corporate Keen says, and everyone agrees with this point when Corporate Keen makes this point as well. And, and if you and if people do disagree with it, it's again a, a, for me a bad faith argument because you'd agree if Keen said it in any other objective circumstance. Matches are better. When, matches when it's just face versus face and it's a dream match aren't necessarily. Think of AJ Styles against Shinsuke Nakamura and how much that didn't pay off as much as we thought. AJ Styles against Daniel Bryan and so many other ma- dream matches that we thought we'd get over the past world. Matches are good when you have a reason To cheer for one person and a reason To boo another now you can Pick your side Becky or Bianca whichever Way you want but now this feud is So much more hot because Bianca Has an edge again Bianca Has a motivation she has a reason To be pissed off she can now She her and Becky are going to have the Match next month guaranteed at the Pay-per-view and this is going to be an Amazing match because now they're both Like motivated to perform and Give everything they want this was a Moment more than a match, and it ended the best way because it instantly added fuel to a fire. Whereas if they had a match and Bianca or Becky just won clean, then when they go back to the well next month when they're promoting it, you've already seen it and you've had a winner decided conclusively. So now there's no heat in this feud. This is a well-told resting storyline, and the pro- and the only reason that people are hating on it is because. This is it was done in a WWE ring, and they didn't like the fact that WWE did something good because CM Punk was on AEW the night before. He said some bad things about WWE, and everyone was in fuck WWE mode. So when they did something cool, people got a bit bitter. That's my hot take on this, and I will fight anyone if they disagree with me. I I I do I agree with most. I thought like a lot of that was
1: basically what I was trying to think like for me in terms of like right. So basically, is what I think like the Bray Wyatt stuff. I kind of disagree with because I've been a huge Bray Wyatt fan, but you never would have seen a tweet from me in the last year saying that I liked it because I hated how WWE were using them. But when in terms of the Bianca stuff, I've seen people say like it made her look stupid. It made her look dumb. I kind of do agree with that to an extent, but I also agree with what you were saying. I think it'll tell a much better story in the long run. I feel like, I don't know. I just think you've got, Oh, you, yeah, you've got a much better story to tell, much more ways you can go. I don't believe it's unsalvageable for Bianca. It'd be like, it'd be one thing if she was like Brock Lesnar or The Fiend or a monster, but that was, she was never a monster. She's a regular, regular human with skills. You know what I mean? Um... And yeah, I mean, you look at Jose got Aldo. He, Jose, See, Jose Aldo he's... got knocked out in thirteen seconds, and he he's still one of the greatest of all time, you know what I mean? And so, he's I... back now. You know what I mean? Everyone's talking about how Jose Aldo is back, you know what I mean? So, so you can absolutely overcome I, that I'm you very seen I, all the time. I'm very much in the pro camp when it comes to this. I think this is this is actually quite good. Gets me very intrigued for um for SmackDown, I think Bianca and Becky are going to have excellent segments. Like, I'm talking about segments of matches. Like, Charlotte and, and Alexa, right, uh, excluding all the magic bollocks, right, could have had um, a good match. But, should, no, wait, no, actually, not a bad example. I'm going to ignore that. But um, the point is, like, these, this will be a good match and good segments as well. You know what I mean? I feel like Becky's like unbelievably charismatic on the microphone. I think she's gonna. I think Becky promos on SmackDown are gonna be something really to look forward to. In a way that I don't think they would be as much on Raw when things are a bit more stretched out and kind of multiple segments in the same show where things are getting a bit repetitive. I feel like Bianca and Becky on SmackDown is gonna be a good feud. I'm 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 confident when I say that. I could age badly, but I'm confident. I'm. I think good matches, good segments.
0: I'm. I'm confident. Kay- Katie, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Like I loved it. I loved everything about it, right? And look, <laughs> obviously, from a personal point of view, when you're at home seven months pregnant looking like an egg, it's very inspiring to see Becky Lynch come back looking like that. You know what she I mean? Great. Like She looked know, amazing. There were tears in my eyes. I was like, I could look like that. I can't, but look. <laughs> it's nice to know the dream is there. But, uh, like, I loved it. One thing I hated on Twitter that I've seen was the racism angle. And I know I can't have a fully formed opinion on this because I'm white, but I did see a lot of people say that this was a race thing. WWE is racist. This is racist to squash uh, a black champion like that. I don't think we can necessarily make that argument in a year where two black women headlined WrestleMania. You know, it's only six months removed from that. Um, And especially when you have like Bobby Lashley as the men's champion and stuff. I, I it's and then when you look at the broader spectrum of like we're talking about like Becky Lynch one of the biggest stars in wrestling you know what I mean and she's a woman we wouldn't even be having this conversation three years ago she has like like there, there, there's, there's been their own path to get to this where people feel so passionate about women's wrestling you know what I mean this would not have happened three years ago like to me it's incredible that it's inspired this amount of like arguments and and like heated comments and everyone has an opinion and like like could you imagine that of happening three years ago or four years ago five years ago it just wouldn't have happened like so I I, I, I don't really like that argument and I don't think it harms Bianca I, I don't think it's like I, Nikki Bella put out an interview being like, oh, it's it's disgraceful. It's actually disrespectful. What happened to Bianca? And I was like, it's not like Bianca was bad and it's going to go to 205 Live. You know what I mean? Bianca is now in a feud with the biggest wrestling star there is. OK, look outside of CM Punk, the biggest wrestling star there is. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like she's coming into a feud where she is the chasing baby face to what is going to be. biggest star in WWE how is that constellation like how like how is that a bad thing like the chase is always better than being champion how many people have we seen where we love the chase they become champion and then it dies out Bianca herself is an example of that you know what I mean so I just I just I don't get how they think this is Bianca done you know, put her back in a box and send her somewhere else. She is literally going into a main event feud now where she is going to get a chance to shine the way she has not been able to shine since WrestleMania. And it's so frustrating to me that, like, that narrative is getting buried under all these other things, like you were saying, because people just want to rage against WWE. Mm-hmm. And it's, and, like, people saying, like, oh, you know, I feel sorry for Becky, you know, getting caught up and all that, like, ruining her comeback. And I was like... Did we all watch the same comeback? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I like she she was incredible, and like there's there's so many options coming out with this storyline. I I don't I don't really understand all the negative negativity and hate and disappointment. Like I really really don't get it. And like I'm so happy she's back, and I'm so happy that this is the feud we're getting. And look, even outside of that, I don't think Bianca was ever leaving SummerSlams champion. Hmm. I think if Sasha had made the match. Sasha was winning and maybe we would have got Becky confronting Sasha. I don't know. We don't know what the plan was. We don't know how late Sasha had to pull out. We don't know why she wasn't cleared. There's so many variables up in the air. That decision could have been made an hour before the show went on. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, it's to say that this like, is a calculated plan to like keep Bianca Belair down, I just think is, is a really weird argument and hill to die on. Um, and I, I think it's going to be an exciting few months for me. Katie Harvey covering SmackDown going forward on oh, yeah, MoBlo.
0: Yeah. yeah, great. Fantastic. <laughs> I love how you wait until nearly three hours into the show to get your digging. In. Amazing. Amazing. That is long term booking. I love it. So angry. Um, amazing stuff, okay, there you go. that's SummerSlam. In at number one though, it was a week filled with good shows. SummerSlam was full of talking points as we've already discussed. takeover delivered as we discussed, Dynamite and even Impact was great as well. So it might feel weird for me to say that I didn't feel rampage as a full one hour long show hit home necessarily um like as a show itself. But it's also the only thing that we can include as number one for two reasons. One, The reason it didn't hit home as a show was because it peaked early and the crowd was absolutely wrecked afterwards. They were there for the first 20 minutes. They got exactly what they wanted and they were like, I'm just like literally the last 40 minutes was them having a smoke after a good ride. Do you know what I mean? That was what the crowd were doing after that. And two, wrestling is a moments business, first and foremost. And this show opened with one of the most iconic moments, not only of the year, but maybe of like a lot of people's wrestling fandom so let's discuss it three hours into this show let's get to it after all of the blatant hints and speculation to the point that it seems so obvious that we put up a poll on Twitter and that came back on Friday morning. Now I don't think people will stand by over this with what we got but they came back with more people actually wanting it not to happen and not because like we put in a poll where it's like do you want to not see this happen but have it be Daniel Bryan or someone cool? That was the least voted option. People wanted it to not happen just because it'd be really funny if it didn't happen (laughs) but Tony Khan came out and did whatever he could to promise that they would not let anyone down, and they absolutely didn't. As AEW Rampage opened from the United Center in Chicago on Friday, the deafening CM Punk chants followed by the inimitable, <laughs> amazing, amazing stuff. Look. CM Punk is someone that I flat out said multiple times before that I don't like as a person, but as a performer, he is magnetic and we got a taste of that animal magnetism here. Hearing the song hearing that pop in front of that audience and just seeing him in that environment again you couldn't help but be taken back to 2011 again when he gave the pipe bomb and filled us all with that hope that the wrestling product we watched and especially as we're talking about like WWE like we talk about Raw and it's like what were you thinking it's almost similar to that those days and then there was CM Punk filling us with hope that the wrestling product we watched could connect with us on a deeper level than it ever had before And whether that hope ended up paying off or if CM Punk is kind of a bit of a golden goose, it doesn't actually matter because we have these moments of beautiful hope and that kind of is enough for us to get us going by. Look, the content of the promo itself has been widely discussed and we're all right back here in the CM Punk discourse like it's 2011 all over again. There's skeptics like myself, Katie as well, who like love, like for me, I love the show and I love the showmanship, but I don't necessarily buy him. And there's people who treat him like he is the Messiah reborn and add meaning and way to his every word that may or may not be there. Like for example, there was people turning around the weekend like, did you see... How CM Punk mentioned Britt Baker's name. And with the first words he spoke, he gave a put over Britt Baker. And it's like, he didn't actually say anything good about her. <laughs> he just said her name. Like, he just acknowledged, I watch all the cool kids' shows. I know your check's name Brit Baker, <laughs> you know what I mean. He didn't actually, but people. This is what CM Punk is like. He's he's this this messiah cult like figure, um, who like people will like add all this meaning towards, and it's fascinating and it's interesting, um, but also like I like again, I don't mind this. It's just it's just funny. Um, I also have to laugh at how offended a lot of like WWE fans got about his line about leaving wrestling in two thousand and five. I mean, I I get what you're saying, like. Like, this pop would not have happened without the pipe bomb, without Money in the Bank 2011, without a wrestling taker at Mania 29 and the long t- legendary title around that he had. But come on, he's playing the hits here, he's doing like what we want to see him do, like and I love this line even about where he's like you know, I had to stay away because I couldn't even think about going back to the place that made me sick, like I loved it like he's such a good storyteller, he's such a good wordsmith, he's so good at like pushing the emotional buttons, whether it's because like he's a toxic person or whether it's because he's like this kind of cult figure or something like that, I don't know, but that's part of what makes him a fascinating, enigmatic performer and and, and an amazing Uh, entertaining wrestler like my thing was that like I feel that, that I'm not a sports entertainer I'm a professional wrestler I feel like that promo has been done to death now but I also don't hate him for it considering he's probably the guy who started that promo you know what I mean so again he's just playing the hits with it and when he sat down and crossed his legs in the ring which I don't know about you guys I actually forgot he did that (laughs) until he did it and I'm like oh yeah (laughs) when he did that it was impossible not to be entranced and just sitting there like all right, punk whatever I think about you personally just tell me some stories. It was amazing and like the truth was it felt like it needed to feel. The pop, promo and moment probably not only matched but surpassed what had been in all of our heads for 7 years for what would a CM Punk comeback be like and what would it feel like and while I get that to some people the return happening in WWE would be more dramatic and meaningful, the truth is it probably wouldn't have gone down this flawlessly in WWE. There's way too much baggage there and too many chefs that it would get fucked up along the way. This also felt seismic and it felt game changing. And I'm not saying AEW is coming to put WWE out of business or making any crazy predictions like that, but the moment needed to feel at least just feel in the moment, like it could shift the balance of power. And it absolutely did. It felt like the world of wrestling on Friday night moved off its axis on and onto another axis that we don't understand, but we want to come along for the ride. They nailed it. They nailed every single beat. AW and Punk somehow stuck the landing, put this into context, that every single one of us who bought in in 2011 had been envisioning our own individual version of that comeback for years at this rate. We had all imagined how we'd like RC and Punk come back to be, and they managed to pull it off in a way that pleased everyone amazing and add to this ye- those years they came with controversies and they came with reputational damage he got bashed in the octagon he came across really badly in his fallout with Colt cabana and he looked like a bit of a corporate shill on a wwe fox hype show all of that washed away with just a few bars of living color so was this the moment of the week <laughs> yeah you could fucking say that Katie Harvey, noted you'd CM Punk fan. Uh, <laughs> your own thoughts on uh, on the moment and, and the match.
2: Jimmy asked in the chat earlier, Sorry, what, the did CM, what did CM Punk do to hurt me? And I'll tell you exactly what happened, Jimmy. What, <laughs> the day I stopped being a CM Punk fan is for my 21st birthday, right? My parents got me a very special birthday present and it was to take me and my brothers to the raw taping in Manchester, where CM Punk was my favorite wrestler, where I spent the afternoon handcrafting a CM Hunk poster, as can be heard <laughs> in the titles to this show. And I was so excited and I showed up at the arena with my brothers and my little science and I took my seats and I got my little bag of Maltesers teasers and I kicked back ready to enjoy a show. And you know what happened? You know what happened? He tore his fucking glute the week before and he never showed up. He never appeared on that episode of Raw that I had flown to Manchester to see. (laughs) (laughs) And I have never forgiven him for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we got that. We got that from Queen versus Keen.
2: um i don't actually really hate cm punk Uh, (laughs) look i just i just don't think he's the second coming of wrestling like some people do you know what i mean but i did i did really enjoy this moment like like i said i didn't stay up to watch it look i'm pregnant i go to sleep at 10 o'clock now but (laughs) i did avoid twitter and watched it in bed the next morning we actually woke up at like 7 a.m to watch it like you know and and like it was a really good promo it was exciting to see him but what I really enjoyed about it is like what you were saying is I enjoyed the moment and I enjoyed what felt like the cultural shift in wrestling Mm -hmm. like when you grow up watching WCW versus WWE it brought back like when the outsiders show up on WCW you know what I mean where it's kind of like that holy shit like the the rules have changed moment. you know what I mean like I'm not sure what else is going to happen from this moment out because like this has happened, this impossible thing happened, you know? Like, even on a smaller scale, like when Bret Hart appeared on Raw after so many years, and it's just like, it's, it's just these moments are inconceivable in your mind to happen in wrestling because you think there's too much that's happened, mm-hmm. and then they happen. Like, and at first I was kind of like, oh, Jesus, people are taking this real seriously, like CM Punk coming back. And like, because I was looking at the, the reactions on Twitter, and then I remembered my reaction when Edge came back. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, he's their edge <laughs> and I, I, I I'm gonna be less of a bitch about it because I understand it's very important <laughs> to people. <laughs> but like I did really enjoy the moment and um, i I did think it was a big cultural shift. I am actually looking forward to it, and I'm actually really glad that Darby Allen's his first match, and mm. um, not even that, it's Darby Allen, but more so the fact that he's he, it's a match we've never seen before, you know what I mean? I'm excited that. It's not just going to be like they could have done like a wink and a nudge and uh, a wink and a nudge and like had him wrestle someone who he has history with. You know what I mean? There's probably plenty of people in the locker room that could have mm-hmm. taken this law. I'm really happy that it's he seems to be AEW centric. You know what I mean? And we're, we're going to get some some good stuff there. So. Yeah no look I I am excited I am excited to see him back I, I didn't really mean what I said out in in King versus Queen I go backtrack a little bit I am, I am excited to see it the, the
0: the views expressed by Katie Harvey earlier were specifically to win points and do not represent outside <laughs> of the competition gameplays uh corporate keen your own thoughts on this um. I love CM Punk. Always have done. Always will. And my absolute
1: fucking favorites. I'm hundred percent the fan that you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I genuinely like. Uh, yeah. Like in a wrestling sense, I worship him. Like, <laughs> um, for me, going to bed on Friday night, I was like a kid at Christmas. I wasn't gonna stay up till three because, like, I'm not. I'm, I'm just not gonna do that. But well, when I woke up first thing next morning, I was like, I knew exactly what I was gonna do. You know what I mean? I was like, this is. Oh my god, man! Like this is fucking. Like, I, I can't even begin to explain it. It's just like, obviously, you knew he was coming back. That was never in doubt. Like, Tony Khan was so desperate. He was like, you're not going to be disappointed. I swear, you're not going to be disappointed. You're not going to be disappointed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he knew what was happening. Um, Or he was saying what's happening. The, the question was, how are they going to do it, though? You know what I mean? That was the real question. Is it going to be a case of, like... You know, it's going to be a swerve. Is it going to be like, is he going to close the show, open the show? Is he going to kick someone in the head or interfere or be a surprise, you know, open challenge or anything like that? They did it. so, And we all, we all overbooked the fuck out of it in our own minds as well. You know what I mean? We all did the whole, the usual yeah. shit where it's like, oh, what if, what if they played his music, but MJF comes out, you know, for heat? It's like, oh, shite. But at the time, you, you, but in your own head, you, you think it's a good idea because you're, yeah. you're so excited. You know what I mean? Um They, I loved. This is like genuinely one of like possibly the best moment I've ever like experienced as a wrestling fan. Like just watching on a screen at least, um, like. The reason I loved it is because they they treated this situation with the respect that it deserved, which is something I never took into account beforehand because I was just thinking, oh, what if he shows up? And it's like, oh, CM Punk, or, you know, what if he kicks somebody in the head or whatever, whatever. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, you know I mean? This is, this is actually quite, I mean, seven. Like, just to clarify, like, when, when CM Punk last wrestled for WWE, I was 15. I hadn't even sat my junior cert. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's where we're at. I, I had only just, literally, the Royal Rumble in 2014 was when I just got back into wrestling um and I' hate like when them, you do this, yeah, yeah. You do this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're putting it, and he's one of the world's best regardless of, I mean we can argue oh is he the best and whatever whatever but I mean he's certainly one of the best as far as I'm concerned at least um so for somebody like that to come back after seven years and make the impact that he's making it's like he needed to open the show he needed to come out and just make, keep it simple make his entrance in front of his hometown crowd they'll be buzzing no matter what um you know go to the ring and give your speech and, and address the situation and talk about it and not just be like i'm gonna fight you this Sunday oh i'm back you know what i mean like give a proper like this is you know this is the this is what's happened uh, i love the promo loved everything about it i loved him coming out and and hugging the fans and ah god it, it is I, I was like your man crying you know what i mean I'm proper i was getting emotional like you know what i oh. mean this is like well again this is the same as edge for me it's like yeah. it's it's I mean, and it's got like I didn't really see anybody laughing at the lad crying. I did see everybody sticking up for him though, and I agree with everybody sticking up for him. Um, yeah. it's you know, the whole point of pops is to if there was no emotion behind it, it wouldn't exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the point of a pop. Um, and you know, like a lot of things in wrestling, you know what I mean? Like you know, the one, two, threes and all that aren't legit, but I mean, a lot of the stories are real. You know, this is a very real story about a very real person with a very real impact on pro wrestling as a whole, mm-hmm. and I love. I just loved every single thing about it. I love the fact that you got a pop not only for his music hitting, but for his name appearing on the screen. I love how you got a pop for sitting down and crossing his legs. Yeah. I love how you got a pop. I love how, I love how his name was being chanted just for about a, a fifty billion years straight, like it's never stopped. You know what I mean? Like this is. I love how he's a god in in his own city, and I love how AEW put a lot of effort into. And he did mention Britt Baker as well, you know what I mean? But that's a good example of how much they they give people their moment in their own cities. Yeah. I think mean, that's that's something that WWE tend to fall on. I think it's something that like all promotions should kind of put a bit more. Well, not if they're based in the same city every week, but like if they're a touring company, you know what I mean? Give give people their moment in their own in their own city. It makes it makes it makes an episode of Dynamite feel special. It gives it a theme or something like that. You know what I mean? And it gives the wrestlers their moment. This for me is massive. This is genuinely one of the best wrestling moments of all time, and um, but it's also one of the most significant wrestling moments of all time. This is AEW's Kevin Nash and Scott Hall showing up. You know what I mean? This is their formation of the NWO. This is this is their moment. You know what I mean? And and like. Uh, like, I don't want to say like, oh, AEW put WWE out of business. I mean, the ball is in WWE's core. I mean, it, it, if anything, if it ever did come to that, it would literally be the same. You could look at WWE and WCW and say the same. Like, WWE, you could say put WCW out of business. The reality is, if you watch WCW when you did, like, towards the end of its life, WCW really put itself out of business and WWE just bought bought the scraps you know what i mean Mm. so i don't believe you know it's going to put whoever out of business but it it forces both companies to operate at a very high level and it makes things very very exciting yeah Uh, like this this is genuine this is what it's all about this is why you want to be a wrestling fan this is unbelievable i I genuinely cannot say how how into this like like oh man like and for me the reason i love this so much right and the reason it gets me a bit emotional right is because this is 10 years on the pipe bomb returning full circle You know what I mean? He sat on the stage and he gave his grievances about what he hated about wrestling at the time. And you fast forward 10 years and all of a sudden it all meant you know what I mean? It's like the happy ending. You know what I mean? We're here now. This is like a promotion for the wrestling fans on the biggest stage. You know what I mean? An alternative that people can actually put on banging matches, gas promos. You know what I mean? You heard me talk shite about Raw earlier. How long was that? Half an hour of me going on, we're all you know. What I mean, imagine if that was all we had. I was actually thinking about this like the other day during the pandemic. Imagine all we had was WWE, and then like at a lower level, you got impacts that's that's, but not like AEW impact, like the, mm. you know the old kind of impact, and you know that was all you really had. A bit of Japan here and there, a bit of Ring of Honor, but you, you know what I mean. It's it's very empty. It's it's like I feel like we've been through kind of a lot of a lot of shit times as wrestling fans. I feel like we take the best out of it that we can, but I mean. I think compared, like I, I'm just, I'm just so excited. I'm just so like I genuinely believe like this is, this is just the best. Like this will go down. But like by the time I'm an old man, this will genuinely still be one of the best moments I've ever experienced. I, I firmly believe that. Wow,
0: wow, amazing. And you know what? We started off this show with kind of you know a bit of a downbeat kind of you know serious conversation on rest, and kind of with those conversations, they can make us question why sometimes. And we're ending the show with this this is why <laughs> you know what I mean this is why we, we do what we do it's why we love what we love and the, it's not only that it's like the conversations around it it's the Summer Slams it's the Becky Bianca it's the arguments we have with each other and kind of the, the views we take and it's a nice show and um, uh, like it's a really a good week and I think we needed that as well because there is a lot of shit that comes on but you get a moment like that and it's cathartic and it's like yes this this is why this is it um, so amazing amazing stuff and amazing week guys we won't be back for our blows. This week because it's past Katie Harvey's bedtime and uh, (laughs) like she's, she's legit. If we, if we go any longer, she's going to pass out in front of us. Like, so uh, (laughs) we we won't have an asshole blows this week. What we will have is Jenny Phil donut. They begin the Saffron city uh, trilogy uh, coming up starting this Friday and then back again next Tuesday. So check that out. That's going to be available on the low blows network. And we'll be back next week to uh, discuss whoever knows what CM Punk is going to do. we will also be previewing all out. There's another big wrestling weekend there coming up, um, so amazing times I cannot wait, uh, guys thank you, a lot of fun chats that had that, that were had, one of the biggest shows of the year and uh, I think you guys brought it, so well done, uh, but we'll be back next week with Low Blows, and I swear to God we will do another Ass Low Blows, it's not that we've dropped the show, it's just that there's so much to talk about the past few weeks um, but we'll be back in the meantime, but until then, uh, for Katie Harvey, for Corporate Keen, I've been Rick Nash, and that's the bottom line because Low said so